and hello everybody the song that you're listening to is heptapod b this song was featured in the film arrival the song was written and composed by johan johansson on this week's uh, new year's eve episode we were joined by scott rea uh, we went over our top fives of 2016 top fives worst fives over uh rated underrated yes and no's yes everything and nahs. yeah yeah yays and nays of 2016 <laughs> and uh hope you enjoy stay tuned You just get your your like your breathing more. I think it's almost the same. Really? I don't think they do that much. You ready? (laughs) Yeah, I've been recording this whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. And uh, hello, everybody. Everybody, hello. And this is we synced it. I synced it. Yes, it is a weekly podcast that focuses in on all the movies, TV. And the entertainment in between. I am one of your hosts, Pat. And this is Kev. And we are joined today by Scott Rea. Hello. <laughs> Hello, everybody. I thought you weren't going to introduce me for a second. I thought I was going to have to introduce myself. No, I thought Pat was going to do it. That's why there was like an awkward silence. Uh, so Scott here is a escape room designer manager you can call me an artist i'm an artist an artist escape room artist <clears throat> he's an artist that designs booby traps <laughs> secret doors uh he writes these fantastical stories <laughs> that fantastically <laughs> apparently if you don't solve the story in an hour you die mm-hmm. he just locks you in forever wait so it's a we life or death dying. thing there's we actually, no we dispose between? of the bodies every friday hmm. Uh, no, yeah, I work on uh, escape rooms at, uh, should, we, should I say, the should I say our, our, our place of uh, business? Yeah, you can go ahead. Other than this, I mean, it's this. They don't sponsor us, just so <laughs> yeah, that every, right. uh, just I, so I, everyone knows. No, no sponsorships. At Extreme Action Park, uh, we <coughs> should be open this January, and uh, we look forward to having a lot of business, and everyone come on down. We try to focus on storytelling and immersion more than most of the other escape rooms out there um and our uh, luckily our budget was a lot bigger than a lot of these other escape rooms so they look really great too yeah they're really cinematic i think we should do an episode where we wear gopros and go in and try <laughs> to like solve our way out True. i'm down for that i'm real down for that all right so as all the other 10,586 podcasts are doing right now it's the end of the year end of the year so we're doing our top and worst and uh disappointing and overrated and underrated uh movies we can also talk about talk shows too talk shows tv shows let's still uh, let's just talk about talk shows, talk shows? Let's do a top five talk shows <laughs> yeah. google search real quick ricky like will, will always be my number one jerry springer jerry springer really martel jordan well no martel jordan is the this is how we do it Martel <laughs> williams that's the guy. Oh, yeah. Montel <laughs> Williams was good, man. Um, 
so yeah we're doing uh you know it's it, it, 2016 was a rough year i think in life uh also in the movie theaters because before we started recording we were talking about what movies we were going to talk about and i think we were talking about more disappointing movies <laughs> than movies that actually like you know we think are going to stand the test of time so um let's get into it um we're gonna should we start off with our top five <coughs> each of our top five movies oh, well, i thought we were gonna save that for a second for last but we can start with it all right no let's save it, it for last then if we want to be negative or positive first why don't we start negative since this year has been so negative right and and on a good note it's appropriate okay, okay. um i can't say that this year has been negative I mean, a lot of people have been saying that, so I've been hiding in the cut, being like, yeah, I guess it is. But well, like, a lot of people died. A lot of people lot that of we look up to. A lot this of celebrities year, that we look up to. This is the year died. that I'm happy that I'm not a celebrity, because uh, I've been on that kill list. But, I mean, Illuminati <laughs> needs their souls, man. So, I mean, I got a new job. <laughs> I'm no longer doing that retail thing, so I'm happy about that shit. But um, 2016 has been a Savannah year, man. It's a banner year for some people, and um, I know there's a lot of memes going out. Says if you having a, if if your if your 2016 is a good year, you're pro you're part of the problem. I guess I'm part of the problem then. <laughs> <laughs> Not even on purpose. I think the election also had a big yeah. part of it. Well, for um, sure. Five months, six, every, well, six months of wall-to-wall coverage of this election was just it was the just the biggest like, joke of an election straight up negativity all around yeah. mm-hmm. and on that note let's start <laughs> with our top five uh wor- what or worst five and worst. then let's get let's ease the blow as yeah, we go along yeah. with this episode so what are the worst five movies <laughs> that came out in 2016 um let's talk about ghostbusters a little bit ghostbusters what can I start with this movie? Um, well, automatically, off rip, um, I guess I'm going to be labeled sexist because I didn't like Ghostbusters, but uh, I thought I thought the movie was... Um, I fell asleep during the movie. Yep, he did. I fell asleep during the movie, and when I woke up, I guess I missed like a, a good chunk of it. All the jokes were just... Um, it was a whole bunch of jokes that never gonna like stand the test of time most of the jokes that uh that were in the actual movie were jokes i don't know it was like common jokes like jokes that you would do around your friends kind of thing like situation comedy right Right. yeah it was nothing that was like oh here's here's the punchline here's the setup here's the punchline boom it was nothing like that that's gonna because in ghostbusters one there was a lot of those uh what you call it like uh and the flowers are still on the table funny you can say that around to anybody and everybody know what the fuck you're talking about. There's a lot of those jokes. This movie had none of those moments. It was a whole bunch of like, you have to be there kind of thing. Because it was a whole bunch of like, I'm quirky, so whoa. It wasn't, wasn't <laughs> quotable. Yeah. It wasn't, wasn't quotable. Yeah. And it wasn't witty. Mm-hmm. That, I think that's what the first one is. It has a lot of wit to its yeah. humor. And this one is just like, I don't want to say slapstick, but a little bit. But I think it's just I I also I think it's the original Ghostbusters had all those memorable moments like we all remember Zool right? Yeah. What can you tell me about the villain in, in the oh, remake? The villain in this one disappears in the <laughs> in the in the 
what this after the second act he's and an becomes au- a different yeah a different he's a, he's an awkward guy that just disappears because his whole life he's been a freaking yeah, anti-social right. guy he becomes a but i still remember zool are you the gatekeeper yeah are you the key master everybody remembers that also this movie had the worst probably the worst song remake ever made in the history oh my God, the fallout song, boy fallout that song is terrible who's gonna call <laughs> he always sounds like someone's <laughs> pulling down on his testicles <laughs> i like fallout boy man I like well, Fall Out Boy, but that song is. I like Fall Out Boy, but like terrible. they play that song so many times at my Did job. They? At my job. Do they really? I like. I think I've counted last time like sixteen times in one day. That Ghostbusters song. Not that Ghostbusters song, but just Fall Out Boy. Oh. And that voice, when you hear it that many times, it's it's nerve wracking. Oh damn. Uh, so this Ghostbusters remake was directed by Paul Feig. Uh, this is the same guy that directed Bridesmaids. Good. He directed The Heat. So, I guess those are fun. I, I think he those loves are funny. Melissa McCarthy. Yeah. He'll put Melissa McCarthy in any movie that he's working in. Um, I was you know Melissa I McCarthy I, in Heat. Yeah, yeah, it was it's her and Sandra, Sandra Bullock. Bullock. Not it's not the, it's the Heat. The Heat, not Heat. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> not not the Robert De Niro Al Pacino <laughs> film. Because <laughs> I'm over here. I'm like, yeah, she where was, were they? Like, she, was, she, was, she, was, she was Al Pacino's daughter. Is yeah, yeah. China? And Al Pacino's daughter was actually what Natalie Portman in the movie. Yeah. That's, that's like one of those fun facts you can just throw out there and nobody would check. You, you actually know <laughs> Melissa McCarthy was in Heat as a child. <laughs> um, so yeah, I mean I, the movie just I, I I sat there. I don't remember laughing once in the movie. The visual effects were so digital that. It felt campy. It felt campy. Yes, that there we go. Because you even made a good point. You said that you felt like you were watching live action Scooby Doo, and that's exactly Scooby-Doo how it felt. Movie. The Scooby Doo movie that came out in the early two thousand. Like some of the ghosts in the original Ghostbusters were actually scary. Like there was the cab driver that was like just a skeleton driving. There was the lady in the library that was kind of yeah. freaking. That was all in camera effects. This was all CGI. So, what do you think about the characters? Uh, no, didn't care for anyone in the nope. movie. You didn't I did care. Not care for anybody. No, nah, I can't lie. Um, What's her Kate name? McKinnon. Kate McKinnon. You didn't think she was a? Li- I thought she was at least the only person on screen. She was a breakout. Trying artist. to be a. Trying to. Be, uh, sometimes she went over the top, but she was the only person on screen <laughs> trying to be a character. Whereas like everyone else was just like trying to be. They were yeah, just themselves. I, yeah, no, you're right. No, I really feel like everybody was trying to be the same character. It's like uh, it's like we're in an improv group, and you just. Say, oh, shout us a situation. And they say, oh, you guys are in the elevator. And what's happening in the elevator? Uh, the elevator doesn't move. Rather than give everybody instructions of what kind of character to be, right. everybody just jumps in there and just, right. whoa, what's going on? <laughs> They're all right. the same characters. Like, oh, man, you just fucked up. I think with me, <laughs> right, that's true. Kate that McKinnon same. has left such an impact on me on SNL yeah. that I felt like this is just a one, like another one of her many characters. But this is not a character that I'm gonna like cherish. No, that's true. You yeah, know, she did. Real I was good just saying in the moment. No, no, I yeah. Was like, uh, oh, compared to the others, yeah, right. she was. I she was probably like the best yeah. out of everybody in the movie. But like, if the, if that's the best thing about the movie, then and it well, was. She did real well. She did real well in the Office Christmas Party. I didn't see that. Yeah, um, okay, you reviewed that. Yeah, I reviewed that. She did real good in that movie. And on top of that, I found out later on that. Uh, there was a scene in that movie where uh, she uh, 
she farted in the boardroom and she actually farted. <laughs> like they got that on camera and she actually farted. And I was like, you know what? I love this woman. <laughs> <laughs> like it was so funny because I didn't know that was an actual fart. That was like, like a take or something. But, but she said that, yeah, she actually farted. <laughs> and, oh, and the reaction were real. I love that, man. Okay. That's why I like her. <laughs> so moving on. Another movie that... Uh, was a huge disappointment was Warcraft. I didn't see this movie. Scott, you saw it. Yeah, I did. Uh, the only reason I'll say it was a disappointment for me um, is because I like Moon. Um, God, I can't think of the director's <coughs> name right now. Who's the director of Moon? That's a good one. You know, Moon. Moon. You've never seen I'm, Moon? I'm bad with names. Have you guys have you guys seen Moon? Is that the one um the Stanley Kubrick? No, it's uh well yeah, it's the one where uh, Rockwell, Sam Rockwell gets stuck on the moon or he's stuck on the moon. He's like a miner on oh, the moon. I'm, look, I'm thinking about a completely different film, but it, yes, now I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was okay. a, like a real low budget movie and the robot is uh has a bunch of like emojis that like uh it displays like its emotions with. That's a real good um low budget sci-fi. Movie. That was directed by Duncan Jones. Duncan Jones. Um, so I was looking forward to see what he could do like, <coughs> with a big budget. Uh, I knew it was in trouble when I saw a lot of the marketing for this movie. So like they had this big thing about marketing for VR. Uh, or, or they had like a 360 where you could watch like a trailer for the movie in, in VR in 360. And, but it wasn't really like a trailer. It was just like you were just kind of floating along in like in this world. But for me, it's like who who is that for? Like who is that? Who? How many people own VR headsets? Who's that for? Gamers. And right, that's what they were trying to do. But even 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 among gamers, VR headsets are pretty hardcore. So like mm. going into it, I'm like, oh no, this movie's gonna be try to dedicate itself so hard to the source material and it does to the point where like you're watching the movie and and i i have friends that played warcraft like i didn't never got really big into it myself but i'm familiar with the source material and like i'm halfway into this movie I'm like what the hell is going on mm. right now like they just start spitting out locations and names and you're supposed to know that like oh that's yeah. New York. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. It, it's just like it's just like they say it as if like they say all these words that you have no idea what they are and they'll say it as if they're just talking about like a place in Chicago and everyone knows what it is, but it's like I don't know any of this stuff and they just jump from location to location and it was baffling. Plus the fact that I think the characters are empty, the performances are weird, uh Man, what's that actor's name? He's in uh, the remake of 310 to Yuma. He plays the bad guy in it. Russell Crowe. No, no. Rus- well, Russell Crowe plays a main bad guy. I'm talking about the Bl- Ben Foster. Oh, okay. Ben Foster is in it. And he plays like an old-timey wizard. But Ben Foster's like, I mean, he's got to be in his late 30s. How how that guy can't play? He it's a complete miscasting. It's just like it comes off so corny and weird. Like he's pl- doing cosplay. Yeah, it's funny that you bring up the whole source material thing. That's what a lot of people were saying about Rogue One. Like people who are not into Star Wars are not gonna get what's happening in Rogue One. Like right. really? Yeah, because like they oh. mention like planets and then the Kyber crystal and all this like. Oh, these are the what was the what was the name of the what what do you call the the blind monk? He was part of the um, the defense. The but but there was a word for it like oh the, the defender of the wills or something like yeah. that. And it's like 
if you didn't watch oh. the shows, yeah. if you didn't see the comic but you know books. What? But you know what? <clears throat> I've never watched. I, uh, I've only watched the the Star Wars uh, cartoons when uh, the dude who did Samurai Jack when he was uh, animating the stuff. I haven't. I've never watched the the newly ones, and I watched that movie about the Kaiser Crystals and all that, and I caught it. It's like if I didn't understand something, I'm like, all right, this is not my my universe. If you would have said a different planet, I'm like, okay, cool. If I'm in that world, I would definitely like GPS. Where the fuck am I going? Kind of shit. But I think, but I think it wasn't just about that. I think it was, it was also like, like when they show Grandma Tarkin, everyone in the theater went crazy. Yeah. I even kind of made hey, a noise. Well, I was like, oh shit! Know. And then my wife is sitting next to me, like, what? what? Oh, okay. I don't. What, what's happening? Who well, was I mean, that? He's oh, from. Uh, he's from the original. Like, yeah. Old but that's what movies. I'm saying. Like, if you didn't see those movies, like it wasn't a movie that you could just watch it without knowing the source material and be like, oh, I, I, I get what's going on. If, but if we're gonna do a, a overrated, I got we got a lot more to talk about. <laughs> if, if we're gonna talk about Rogue One, so we might want to save that a All little right. bit because um, a bigger conversation there. But yeah, Warcraft. <laughs> I mean, I didn't see the movie, but I heard the hype, or not the hype, the opposite of it. Right. It was, you it know, a well lot of bashing. Like a financially, it did do well. This is a movie. International markets, yeah, international. yeah, not here. You know, I had a budget of 160 million. Did 433 million um, in total. In total, yeah, actually, no, that's not that high. Well, but they made back their money. <laughs> yeah, they made. They back did their money. terrible. Here is the thing. They yeah, uh, but they made most of that internationally. Yeah, because in people in China still play that thing. Like they still go to like internet cafes. Dude, <laughs> I used to work at internet cafe in like two thousand four, <laughs> and there used to be people in there. And now there's no there's no internet cafes around here. No, you just you have it on it. your phone. You got it yeah. in your phone or your house. Um, what was I gonna say? So I guess. The curse of the video game movies has not been broken. It's just oh, no. uh, well, Mortal Kombat, man. No, come on no. now, let's the no. first Mortal Kombat movie that came out. Let's <laughs> now, come on, yo. Should I play Dang. the Honest trailer one more time? <laughs> no, no, no. You, you see, because the way that you're looking at the Honest trailer is that you're looking at it with like fresh eyes right now. Like it's like 2016 eyes. I want you to have what. 19 let's let's you know what let's save that for next episode we're gonna do a whole hour I can, talking about i can agree with that though because but because i was seven years old when yeah, i watched that's it. what i'm saying man we were young when we watched that movie right but so then it. if a 10 year old who likes playing world of warcraft they're gonna see this movie and they're gonna think oh it's great they might love it yeah but i i think they might think but it's when you get to boring, our age and you've seen movies and you watch you're like no this is horrible plus it, plus it, mortal kombat now if you look at it i was just that song it's, it's really is that song that like they the just keep shoving down it. your throat. I think that's the only thing that's like, yeah, it was a pretty good song. <laughs> it's, a, it's, <laughs> a, it's a good little beat. Um, what else? We got Independence Day Resurgence. I honestly Wait, forgot. You some just mixed up two movies. Isn't that the name of the other movie? Insurgence? No, Resurgence. Oh. Is that what it's called? Right? <laughs> I think that, that sounds right, right? I didn't see it. Wrong. Don't make me allegiance. No, that's <laughs> divergent. Divergence. Yeah, it's Independence back. Day resurgence. Resurgence. Okay. If this is another ends, one. If in the title, if it has a inch or engines <laughs> in it, your movie's gonna be trash. <laughs> or surge. Yeah. Or surge. re <laughs> re Adam rebooted. Re- Any of that stuff, you, you're automatically trash. So, I I honestly forgot seventy five percent of this movie. I don't I don't really remember it that much. Like I really wasn't even paying attention to it when I was watching it. I just know that um, the characters who I loved in the first movie end up dying in the second movie. 
Look, they, they got rid... They, they didn't get rid of... But yeah, in the story, they got rid of the main reason why anyone liked Independence Day, Will Smith. Yeah, but they said he couldn't make it. That's they, the reason. He couldn't make it. But I don't... Uh, allegedly, they said he may not be dead. Because if you, if you watch the end of the movie... I'm not, I'm not vouching for this movie because I didn't like it either. But they, they, it, it came up to a point that uh, the end of the movie, they were like, oh, they're going to be a war and we need the humans to work. Which... Is just like um, another movie that we put on another list, but um, I guess from what I'm thinking, I'm thinking that what they're doing is they're basically getting Will Smith, and I guess he didn't die in that uh, that spaceship thing, and he just teleported to them and helping them out. It's just it's desperation. It's desperation for them to make more well, money. I almost fell asleep while you were explaining. That <laughs> plot, man. It, it's, that's what I'm thinking. I think they're gonna bring Will Smith back because he. He wanted to be in the movie. The whole movie was a shit it. show. Roland Emmerich has a tendency of doing shit like this, man. <laughs> this is the same guy that directed 2012. The same guy that directed The World the Day After Tomorrow. He really likes destroying things. Destroying things. That's all it is. He's an, he's like a, a European uh, Michael Bay. That's really what he is. And But, but he, he does this thing with CGI, though. A lot of CGI. He destroys with CGI. Michael Bay just wants, he wants explosions. But they're real explosions. Real explosions. <laughs> uh, next up, we got um, Conjuring Two. Did you see Conjuring Two, Scott? No, I didn't. But I actually heard, I heard good things about it. I heard I heard so so things about. It. I I like the Conjuring, the their first Conjuring, the first one. Um, I think it goes a little bit off the rails at the end of the movie, but um, they do a lot of. Uh, cool camera tricks in that movie in that movie um, that build tension and I remember there's one that like haunted me for so long the and clapping. It's, no the clapping and clapping's good but that was in the trailer so it kind of gave away that that was gonna happen um but there's one scene where they're they're panning the camera back and forth from like what the girl's looking at and she turns and looks at the, the armoire and there's nothing there but when she turns back and looks again there's this thing on top of the armoire it's like i don't know what it is like an old late it's freaked me the hell out that it was actually there because i kept expecting them not to do it and then they showed it to you full-fledged like this lady and she jumps down at the camera i think i had nightmares about it for yeah, like it was two weeks the conjuring 2 i think had two moments yeah. that and it was just, that was it it was just yeah. two moments where we were like oh shit which was the old man sitting in the chair and he's trans yeah and it's basically a guy sitting in a chair in the background he's out of focus and he's like subtly transforming to another character but because he's out of focus you don't really notice it until it actually he's already that other character and you're like what the fuck it was the little girl it was the little girl they told her to hold uh, like hold water in your mouth and then you see, like, uh, the lady who's supposed to be, like, the star of the Conjuring, the Conjuring woman. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's over here sitting down, and she's over here trying to speak to the lady, to the little girl. But mind you, she has water in her mouth. And then she's out of focus, and then you just see, like, this little girl slowly transforms into the old guy. The old man, that's what it was. And you, if you look at the shadow, you look at the face, you see, like, the, the mouth is actually moving. Like, it's getting big, like, they're raw. I'm gonna kill you. I'm like, holy shit, that's <laughs> badass. <laughs> that scene, and it was the one with the nun. No, yeah, the nun. Yeah, the the, the main villain of this movie was actually was was very creepy. But other than that, I just felt like 
it was kind of like okay we we did the conjuring we had the formula let's literally repeat shot for shot the same thing and we're gonna shoot it in london let's just give it a european flair to it and that's literally because a lot of the camera tricks from the conjuring one were in the conjuring two Mm. the thing where like the camera is panning left and then it dips and then goes upside down like in conjuring one i think they do that in the house where it's like floating through the house they do the the same exact thing in the conjuring two is that james Wan? that's james Wan. And I'm not a big fan of James Wan. <laughs> Me neither. As as a total, as a, as far as like the movies he makes in total, um, but he does th- certain things in every single one of his movies where I'm like, oh man, this guy's really talented behind the camera. Like he knows how to create tension or come up with a really creative shot, but most of his movies fall short for me in the end. Yeah. But uh, I know he's probably made a lot of um, movies that I haven't seen, a lot of foreign films that are probably in i think he's chinese i don't want to i think he's american chinese. i think i american i don't chinese. even think he's done asian <laughs> you films you don't think so because his i know first, he has a big following his first movie was saw oh that's true yeah his first yeah, film he's was saw. american asian so he's like he's american now he's doing aquaman which i'm kind of worried about <laughs> hey man we might have some cool shots hmm. i'm worried about everything but the, the but universe. but with the conjuring too i think what made some of the scenes scary is he he keeps like sticking to this formula of we're just going to add a bang sound. Like mm-hmm. we're going to... A violin? Ring! Like out of nowhere. Just, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, yeah. And that's what you get scared of. You're not really scared of the scene. You're just scared that your eardrums are you no, know, right. not intact anymore. because he knows, he knows what scares people, man. It's like it's no longer about, oh, let me see if I can build a story to scare people like that. I know what's going to scare people. He was one of those kids that if you hung around him... He's one of those kids that he'll just run off and you start screaming his name like, yo, where the fuck you at? And he'll just jump out of nowhere and just scare you. They're like, I fucking hate you. Man. I fucking hate you for that shit. And just constantly just do it. Like, yeah. that, shit, that shit happened to me today. He's one of those motherfuckers, yeah. man. One of our video guys just was hiding behind the closet when I walked out and he just like screamed at me and I... It, startled me and, and i was just like why why the hell yeah, did you do like, that why? why the fuck would you do some shit like that? he's that james wan or jim wan was james wan james yeah. wan is that guy when you watch the movie he would scream when there's a quiet part in the movie he'll just ah that guy in the movie theater, ah! oh i hate that i hate that like you're taking me out of it man um so we got ghostbusters conjuring 2 warcraft independence day and we have an empty spot ladies and gentlemen do any of you guys want to throw in something in there, oh, or should we just movie? leave it to the audience to decide? Uh, we can leave it to the audience, but I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give them an honorable mention. Uh, a six man on the beat on the bench. But say a six man on the beach. Um, I'm gonna say uh, Inferno. I didn't see that. I didn't see it. Either. I didn't see it either because I didn't want to. <laughs> You're just gonna throw it in there, cause I, fuck I, it. I got one, one, one more, an honorable mention. Which one? Uh, Batman vs Superman for me. Okay. Um, but that's it's more in the disappointing category. Um, but I think it's more it's the same thing Zack Snyder always does, in which he he builds his movies around moments that he thinks up, right? Whereas like a really good director, he will the moments will just come. Like, the moments are in the movie, not because the director is like, oh, I'm going to come up with this really great moment. It's like he, you know, there will be a script, and if you build around that, that what becomes that moment, 
then it just becomes the moment rather than Zack Snyder's just like, I'm just going to get a really cool fucking shot right now. And like, it's going to be so iconic and it's going to look like a painting and, and that's going to be the moment and the music's going to swell and everyone's going to care, but that doesn't make you care. (laughs) You have to care. And it's like in this movie, and I know people defended, and it's, it, to me, it's just like when you watch a movie, it's like, why are these two people so angry at each other? And, like, they're not even, like, you can almost understand if it was two guys getting in a bar fight and they were drunk, but it's like, these are two hyper-intelligent creatures, like, one's a human, one's an alien, and one's supposed to be, like, a genius, and, like, they don't want to talk about this. <laughs> they don't They don't want to just, like, say, like, can we reach a compromise? Like, we're superheroes. Like, it's just, like, no, immediately I'm mad at you for maybe a justified reason, and I'm mad at you for I don't know why, and we're just gonna, we're just going to beat the shit out of each other and maybe kill each other. You and, know, I've attempted to describe the plot like oh, 10 times to people oh, who have not insane. seen it and i it's insane i haven't been able to i tried as soon as i get to the part where they're in africa i'm like uh, i forgot why that have happened you watch the extended cut now the extended cuts I yes i, I did see the extended cut the extended cut does explain a lot more it does a better job to clarify everything but then i forget about it which is another reason why this movie's so bad i think like i forget like Wait, no, um, because then I get confused between the cinematic you know, version and the extended version. Like, I'm not going to vouch for this movie because the fact that I'm, um, uh, the fact that there's already, like, uh, this whole thing about, uh, I never hear this about, like, Christopher Nolan movies, like, uh, people saying, like, well, they're, like, giving out excuses, like, well, the reason why this happened is because, you know, they had to go with another editor kind of shit, but that happened in the movie, make when they're making Batman. Like, uh, they, they, they made the movie, they edited it. And what happened was that uh, the trailer for Suicide Squad came out. And everybody was going crazy for that shit. Mm -hmm. So rather than keep that edit, they got the editors from Suicide Squad to edit the theatrical cut for Batman vs. Superman. And they re and they re those people did reshoots and recut uh, Suicide Squad as well. Yeah, and they did that shit for that movie. Yeah. Which was a, a fucking no-no because the people who who edit the trailer for Suicide Squad, that's what they do. They the edit trailers. trailers. Yeah, <laughs> trailer company. So I mean, I'm not I'm not knocking them, but it's like, yo, it's a fucking trailer. Anybody can take something that you film like fucking hundred hours on and put it into two minutes and make it look good. I could do that shit. Like yo, you give me two hours or something, I'll make that shit look good. I'm t- I swear to God, I'm throwing some uh, from some classic rock on there, and everybody just gonna be sucking his dick, straight out the bat, just like that, <laughs> boom. And that's and that's what you could do. I mean, it's it's a trailer. But I think that speaks to me more. That that is so much more worrisome about in total what they're doing there at WB um, with that the DC universe. I mean that that makes me not excited for anything else that they're going to do in the future because wow. it, to me it's just like I, I want to be excited, man. I I love Batman. Like yeah, but they got yeah. a new head. They got a new head there now. They got a new head, but they're still making bad decisions. You heard that they're going to do like a Harley Quinn movie. Yeah, with all like the the chicks in the comic books. Yeah, together like and the the, the flame guy. Come on, what you call it? The stereotype Diablo. Mexican from it, it, uh, California. It just seems like people like looking across the aisle and yeah. being like, 
It's, I think we can do that, but like not having the same the people of, uh, that can make good decisions and have been in the industry long enough, and it just seems like they're trying to copy, but they're just a pale imitation of what Marvel's doing on the other side. They're cheating off of Marvel's. It's like they're they're taking yeah, the SAT and they just looking just across looking at the just... test. <laughs> but they're but they but the but the test is like flipped or yeah. it's just it's not <laughs> even like this. They get they're two different copies of this of the test. The number lower, so. It's supposed to be. <laughs> Have you ever so done that? Everything shit? came out wrong. <laughs> Have you ever done that shit before? Yeah. Oh man, I've done that before. Woo! Driver's head, man. <laughs> Everything was wrong. Like I was off by one. Like fuck. <laughs> <laughs> look at it like, you almost got a hundred. <laughs> got, got a zero. <laughs> oh, um, man. That was a good honorable mention. So now we did the worst. Uh-huh. Now let's soften the blow a little bit. Mm. What was the most um, underrated? Underrated. Underrated. Ooh. Top five of 2016. <sighs> 2016. <laughs> Oh man, um, I'm gonna say Snowden. Okay, I'm gonna go with Snowden. Uh, I could be saying that because I saw the sneak preview of that movie, but I really thought that. Uh, I mean, for people who don't know, who've never seen uh, Citizen Shit, not the name. That's Citizen not the name Zero. Movie. Citizen Zero, right? Mm-hmm. Who's that's, never seen that documentary? That's good. Yeah, it's I good. thought it was Citizen Four. Citizen Four. Just stick with zero. It's four more. <laughs> I sounded confident. It's four more zeros. It's four more. But, uh, <laughs> but what happened is that um, if you've never seen that documentary, which I say that I suggest that you guys watch that. This movie right here is like uh, it's an insight into his life and what he did, and I didn't even know the whole thing about him capturing Caesars and all that other stuff. I'm like, damn. You know he had all that, all those problems and stuff. Um, it's a it's a way of humanizing what people in the media have like. They bashed this dude. The first time I heard about uh, Snowden, I thought he was all I knew is that he was a traitor. He did all this other stuff. Didn't know what he traded, what, <laughs> what he was a traitor for. I'm like, fuck, did he do? Say, oh, he's a traitor. He's a he's a commie. He was doing all. They just giving him all these names. I'm like, what did he do? <laughs> what did he do? So then, when I find out what he did, I was like, "Oh, it's, I think it's very reflective." I don't of, think uh, he's a traitor. <laughs> it's very reflective of our a lot of political things in our yeah. election this year. They're quick to to put put a name on something. Right. Regurgitated. They're just regurgitating these things. Like, uh, you say something like even slightly racist. It doesn't even have to be racist. It's just could just be obscure. They, uh, you're racist. Uh, you're sexist <laughs> because yeah. they just want to put you in these right, categories. Right. Without even actually, like, like saying, "Huh, what the fuck? How'd you get there?" Kind of thing. Right. Ask those questions. Why is he thinking this way? Kind of thing. But nah, uh, he's a traitor. Uh, he went to Russia too. What? What? Like, oh yeah. I mean, he's he's not. Bring this guy back home. I'm just going off on a rant, but that's. <laughs> I just think that Snowden was a good movie. It was a solid movie. And on top of that, they gave me a pocket constitution when I saw that movie. So. <laughs> we got pocket versions of the Constitution. Yeah. What else did we get? We got the uh, oh. a pamphlet on what to do when you get like stopped by a cop. Yeah. Like, how to what? How to really? Def- yeah. yeah, they give it to everyone at the advanced screening. That's pretty great. It was, yeah. of course, provided by the UCLA. Yeah, of course. That's great. Um, but and then people that. were trying to get us to join the uh, yeah. the. 
Uh, did I just say the UCLA? Did yeah. I just say that? What, yeah, the ACLU. ACLU. I knew the UCLA. Oh yeah, they trying to get us at the college. Same letters, right? No, no, no. The ACLU. They were trying to. You just mixed up the letters. Yeah. They. Unlike you, I wasn't gonna correct you. Corrected me. No, please correct me because like people are listening to this. Um. Yeah, they were trying to get us to join before the movie started, which you was kind of no. awkward. You said no. I was like, no, no. I was thanks. just trying to be nice because you know, I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, give me a pass. Because oh, you had to make a donation. I was broke. I, remember, I didn't like, know. Like, give I didn't them. know that they wanted the nation. I thought it was they wanted money from us. It's a free advanced screening. And I'm over here like, oh yeah. I said, ah, I don't got no pen. And she just pulled out a pen. Here you go. And she sat right next to me. And I'm over here like, holy shit! I'm like, how much you got to donate? Three hundred dollar minimum. God damn! <laughs> no, All right, what was it? What was your uh, most underrated film in 2016? Most underrated. Let's see. Um, I'm gonna go with Hell or High Water. I was Dynasty then. I never saw it. Um, yeah, actually, I don't know who directed it, but um, yeah, look it up for me real quick while I talk over. It for um, um, it was just. Partially, it's kind of by the numbers, but it's just so well done as a heist movie, um, and it's grounded. It feels like it takes place in like a real place, and you could feel David McKenzie. David McKenzie. It was good. It was very well directed, and uh, you could feel like um, you know I hate when people say this, but like when the environment is a character or like the place you know what i mean like uh, you can feel like there was poverty in this place and which really helps you sympathize with the the people who are end up pulling the heist uh, the two brothers and um both uh, both of them had great characterizations um and everything was just played uh very subtly everything their characters were subtle just the robberies happened and it's just like it was just kind of happening and you were just watching it you know what i mean yeah. it wasn't like oh uh, you were watching a movie it just felt like you know when they were robbing the bank like you were just sitting inside the bank while they went and robbed it it's just so real you know when people say things or act and you're like it doesn't feel scripted it doesn't feel written um that movie this movie was really good at that and uh I there were times where I kind of just like wiped my palms and I could feel them sweating and I could, when a movie has has that going for it um it's really good the, my only criticism of it is that it does feel a little bit like I've we've seen this before it's not entirely new it reminded me a lot of a uh, place beyond the pines uh which would have a few years ago which I feel like if that movie falls apart in its third act a little bit uh, there's like a time jump in that movie where they're like their children are at the end um but that movie similarly uh the heist in that movie and the characters it all felt really grounded and real um and intense and that movie gives you the same vibe so hell or high waters okay no yeah this that's a movie that i heard nothing but good things about um but just one of those like i i went to go to try to see and it was like no longer in theaters which i hate when that happens yeah it was very short run yeah, it was a really low budget film. I mean, this is a movie that worked off of twelve million, only made back uh, thirty one million in the box office. Uh, but really good, good cast, though. I think that's good. It it only took twelve million. 12 no, no, million it, twelve million to make. Yeah, they made their money back two times. Yeah, I wonder 
that is that 12 million always include like uh cost of cat like total budget everything yeah they make their money back yeah. a couple times um for me uh i think um most underrated film <laughs> probably i think it was um captain america for me cuz i went in with low expectations cuz captain america i saw this was after watching the Avengers two, and I was disappointed with the yeah, Avengers Captain two. Captain America: Civil War. Captain America: Civil War. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, this is after the Avengers two, so my expectations were low. I thought, yeah, man. like, I, here's here's the thing about Captain America: all his movies that he's gonna, he's going to come out with three movies. Each one of them have gotten better, and in the Marvel universe right now, all the other movies have like diminished. It's like. The first one was good. Second was like, eh. Then the third one was like, ugh. Captain America has just been, just it's just been getting better. As it like it's like wine, because the first one was good, second one was like amazing, and the third one was like, Jesus Christ, the Civil War was dope. Can I cannot deny? It. I really enjoyed that movie. Yeah, I think it was just like, <clears throat> I think it had everything that we wanted. You know, you had the fight scene, which was great. Um, you had the um, the story with uh, Iron Man's parents, which was I thought this, they needed to bring in some type of drama. I think that was like something like that was like an element that all the other Marvel movies were missing was like that, you know, that drama that splits the team up. Mm-hmm. That was like the one thing that they were missing and they brought it. You know, you know, what's funny is how and I've seen this comparison before, how similar that movie's plot is to Batman versus Superman in so many different ways. Yeah. Um, down to the fact that, like, at the end, it comes to down to a confrontation between, you know, uh, his parents dying and how his parents died. And, and that drives a wedge between them. Whereas in Batman versus Superman, the the parent thing is what makes them stop fighting. It's like, Which oh, is still, to me, weird. It's cheesy. The we, whole thing Martha. Martha. Why'd you say her name? We, we Why? both have moms. Like, <laughs> both oh, shit. Martha. They're both named Martha, and, and therefore we should stop name. fighting. So if he realized he had a mom, but like the mom's name was like Brittany or, or Beth or something, he would have just stabbed him with the spear and killed him. <laughs> but um, either way, uh, ba- back back to uh, Captain America: Civil War. Um, um, no, I think I think that was like a because the thing the, the 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 thing about like the Marvel movies with all of them, I think um, in general they're all entertaining. But they're they're to me a little bit more kid friendly compared to like Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy was to me a lot more mature, mm-hmm. and I think that's why I appreciated the movies more. So when I saw Captain America: Civil War, I wouldn't in there thinking like, uh, you know, I felt like a little kid again. But then when I saw the movie, I was like, oh no, wait, this is actually kind of serious what they're going over, and they finally brought up the one topic that I think only my wife has brought up. In the entire world was like you know they're causing more destruction than actually helping people <laughs> like i think there's more casualties than there are like people being saved why hasn't anyone brought that up well they brought it up in this movie that's exactly what the movie's about well, it's about that one uh that one thing um actually i mean i like <laughs> captain america civil war and i think it really boils down to like the airport scene is so i mean i think i've i've just watched that airport scene like five times i mean i think i've seen the mo- movie a couple times in totality but like 
just the airport scene I've watched by itself. Um, and that's really great. I actually, and this is probably not a super popular opinion, I actually preferred Doctor Strange um, this year to um, Civil War. I just thought Doctor Strange, only for the simple reason, did something kind of new with their action and built a world around um, the possibilities of what they can do with it. It's all based still on action scenes um, for me because even both movies, uh, Doctor Strange was probably a little more shallow as far as characterization is. He's kind of like a light Tony Stark. Um, but, um, just the way that he moves in Dr. Strange, that's another one of my like underrated because a lot of people are still talking about civil war and not a lot of people are talking about Dr. Strange. Um, the way they fight on the walls, the way they use gravity to like pull e pull each other, like, and flip the world. I mean, it was very inception esque, uh, one of the scenes in particular. Um, but I really, I really enjoyed Dr. Strange and, and actually you saw it, right? Yeah. And uh, the way that the movie ends is kind of um, defies expectation, too, because normally um, there's still the big beam in the sky, which is fucking every every superhero movie or big blockbuster ends with a beam in the sky. But the way he defeats the supervillain, I thought was a really good message. Like he kind of he outsmarts him rather than defeating him by just like, all right, I'm going to fight this guy. Um, and I'm going to beat him because I'm the superhero. Uh, he figures out a way to outsmart him, which I feel like, you know, at the end of the day, these are still kids movies. And that's, that's, a, that's while being intellectually stimulating for me is a good message for kids to figure out like an alternative method to end conflict. And I thought that was pretty cool and definitely different from many other Marvel movies this year or man, any Marvel movie in general. So we did top. We just did top five underrated. What about top five? We did top three. <laughs> oh, yeah. It was we, top did, three. we did four of them in total. We did three. If we have one more, we want to throw out there. I don't know. I want to throw out either Midnight Special. Midnight Special is good. Or um, ugh, Neon Demon. I saw that. And Birth of a Nation. So I want to talk, talk, talk about Neon, Neon Demon, Demon because <laughs> a lot of people didn't like that movie. Did you see it? I didn't. You didn't I, see it. I saw it, so we can. Yeah, you saw it. Okay. Yeah, I, saw it. I enjoyed the movie. I like the colors. I mean, it was neon. It's it, it's in the title, <laughs> and on top of that, uh, the story was uh, was pretty cool, and um, it was like uh, yeah, it was really it was more visual than it was uh, like dialogue driven. It was just like Drive. I can see this movie taking place in the Drive universe that I know they said that uh oh what's that guy's name? Ryan Ryan Reynolds. Gosling. Ryan Gosling's Gosling. character. Ryan Gosling's character they said oh he's got Down syndrome, he had Asperger's or something because he doesn't speak. He just does acts and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, well, whatever. But I can see that in this world, not a lot of people are about that talking. They're about that action kind of thing. Like, eh. So they all have Asperger's. Yeah, they, everybody <laughs> in this whole world got Asperger's kind of thing. You know what I mean? Like, oh, uh, I'm a driver. That's what I do. He drives. That's what he does. <laughs> She's uh, what you call it? A country girl who wanted to be a model. She became a model, and then I mean, it got kind of weird when they started to eat her. That happened in the movie. I'm talking about like they actually started to eat. They actually, they yeah. they metaphorically want to consume her, and they also literally yeah. consume her. A yeah. little bit, little bit on the nose, yeah. but like they they eat her body. 
so they can like become young and stuff again. It's crazy. And Wait, so you're it, saying that that is in the same universe as Drive? It can be. It could be. I can see what he's saying. I can see it what he's saying. Be. So. I'll, I'll say Nicholas Winding Refn, yeah. uh, the guy who made That's this movie, yeah, w- like winding or winding, winding. yeah. Winding. <laughs> um, uh, Drive is one of my favorites. Um, he has a way of like visually putting like those neon lights on screen, just making things look beautiful on screen, and also he tells a really low key story. Um, like. Same thing as I was talking about with Hell or High Water. It's very subtle. Like the, it, it, there's no, almost no talking in Drive. Yeah. And um, but it's it's a more of a straightforward story. And then like he came out with his next movie. Oh, man, do you think the remember? Dragon one, the one that what yeah. only only God can only judge. God only God forgives. Judge. Only God forgives. Only God forgives. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of two which, <laughs> which which isn't good. Yeah. It basically takes all the things the the things that may be characterized as the worst parts of Drive and just highlights them. Like Ryan Gosling literally says eight m- words in the movie, <laughs> um, and and then this movie came out. So I was like a little mix about whether or not it, you know it was going to be good or not. I when I watched it, I was like, I don't think I really like that. But then after about a week, it like it stuck with me, and I was still thinking about certain scenes from that movie or things that happened or or things that were said. Um, and there's so many lines where I'm like, I'm not sure if they're cheesy or if they're amazing. Where she talks about what, what's it, what's it like? What does it feel like to walk into a room and you're the sun? It's the middle of winter and you're the sun. Mm. And she's like, it's everything. And then she's talking, and I'm like, I'm not sure if that line is is great or like, yeah, or uh, uh, super cheesy and like ridiculous. Maybe I need to be a model to understand what's yeah. going on here. <laughs> so I gotta ask a model for this. But there was one, there was one uh, scene that I really enjoyed. That it was no dialogue at all. It's when she was in the hotel room, mm-hmm. and uh, like you hear like doors that are trying to like somebody trying to force themselves in through all these doors. And she's just on her bed, just chilling. Then somebody finally enters into somebody's uh, what hotel room. And you just hear this lady start screaming. Doesn't she scramble to get up yeah. and lock the door for yeah. her door before? Because the guy's trying to go to, I guess, you yeah. figure out to assault someone. Yes, assault. I think he killed the girl next door. Right. I think so, yeah. <laughs> I, I think know, he, like, assaults. I think he, like, sexually assaults her and, and ends yeah. up killing Which her or something. Which was quick. Which was quick because he, he finished that and she locks her door. And you see, like, this guy's trying to, trying to open the door. I'm like, holy shit. There was no dialogue. Like, all you just see is just the fear on her face. And I'm like, damn. It's very intense. I'm not sure if it's saying, like, good thing. Like, it's not saying anything good about humanity. Yeah, I'll tell you that. It's, it's saying, it's saying it's like, humans are the, are the worst, most yeah. vapid, terrible creatures in the world, which is really cynical. And so parts of me wants to agree with it, but I like to think I'm a little more optimist than, optimistic than this movie's view. But I, I, I think I, I enjoyed think it. Just, yeah, I think it just mostly, uh, it, it just made me feel like, man, models... And everybody who's associated with them are vain as fuck. Yeah. It's all about looks to everybody. I mean, uh, it got a nice, it got a nice uh, slow dolly at the end there. Like uh, they showed the credits when it was like a, a dolly on the beach, and it was it was a slow as fuck. It was really slow. I was like, huh? I guess this is, must be the end of the movie. <laughs> <laughs> all right, <laughs> but it was nice. Like if you're not gonna watch the movie, just watch the credits. And just be mesmerized by all the the wide shots of the beach. Then they show like some mountain area. Then they show a city. 
And uh, while all this is going on, there's neon uh, credits that are being played. The things he does with lights in all of his movie. I mean, he's 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 a visual masterclass. Yeah. There's no, I don't know, his storytelling and his scripts and stuff. For, uh, he would be good for Bubba Fett, uh, what you call it, uh, Star Wars movie. Oh, yeah. In a previous episode, Pat was saying that if they were to do a movie strictly about bounty hunters, mm-hmm. In like a planet that is like a kind of like Coruscant mm-hmm. in the Star Wars movies, where like it's like Las a big Vegas city meets, planet. Uh, what's that city that's in Japan? That's nothing but neon lights. Yeah. yeah. So it's like Tokyo it. and yeah. Las Vegas put I'll, together. I'll that, that that director oh, should yeah. direct it yeah. and let it be about Boba Fett and like a big city planet. Yeah, I mean that would, that would be great. The only thing is I don't feel like he's interested in. Telling it would probably be like Drive if you think about it. Right. Boba well, Fett yeah. is <laughs> Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I, but like for the most part, whenever I hear him like give interviews and things, I don't I don't feel like he's interested in telling straightforward stories for the, mm. most of the time. I think Drive is by far his most straightforward out of those three movies as far as the story goes, and oh, yeah. he just seems he seems a little bit like of an arrogant prick. Oh, <laughs> yeah, if you listen to him, in, if you, if you listen to him in interviews and stuff, then yeah. But um, yeah, I mean that would be cool. Definitely visually. He would be up to that. All right. I'm going to throw in something that we didn't discuss before we started recording. Oh, before shit. our planning. Here we go. What was the most what the fuck moment of 2016 as far as mo- movies, yeah, movies goes? Because I just. Oh, I think. There's I think, one I want to talk about. I think this movie, this movie we're talking. Neon Demon. Yeah. Not even the part where they eat her. and Because that, that's, oh. that's what. So afterwards, really they, that. they shower in her blood mm-hmm. and then later like later on after like the girls like because uh, the movie goes on for yeah. for like 20 minutes yeah, after I that thought, uh, <laughs> it's a lot of stuff that that movie you think that is gonna end and it's like one of those movies that oh nice <laughs> now we're still here for another 20 minutes <laughs> but the moment is when she starts to feel sick when she the other one of the models that eats her is at another and then she goes into like a back room and the other girl follows her and she gets down on her hands and knees mm-hmm. and she throws up an eyeball yeah like in a whole eyeball mm-hmm. and then i'm pretty sure the other girl stops and and picks it up and yeah. she eats it yeah she said that get her out of me that's what she's saying she's like get her out of me and but then the other girl wants still wants it and she picks the eyeball up and eats it and then, this it was, is a movie about models, it's about models. <laughs> yeah but i mean it's that's why i was like i need to ask a model what was going on in this movie Right, that's supposed to be the whole metaphor of like they just want because she's the younger girl. And so, do like, you think a model would watch this movie and be like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah? yeah, yeah I get yeah, it. Yeah, I, I get totally it. No, get it. no, yeah. I don't think that's the thing. I don't think models, models would get it because like I think they've spent so much time being obsessed with their image. Yeah, because everything was like it was. It looked visually stunning. Like when they were bathing in the blood, I was like, oh man, this could be a poster. When uh, when when they threw her into the empty pool. When they showed that wide shot of her leg oh, yeah. being broke, I was yeah. like, "Oh, this could be a poster too!" <laughs> like it was a whole bunch of scenes that were like, "Yo, this photo shoot, all the photo shoots that they showed in the movie were like, man, I wish I was at that photo shoot because that photo shoot looked dope." <laughs> and there was no, no, go ahead. Oh, you have a, no, no, you have a what the hell no, moment? Ahead, go, go oh, okay. So uh, there was a movie that came out. Um, I didn't see it. I only listened to like a very detailed podcast about it, but. It taught. It was the one with Will Smith that just came out. Uh, Collateral Beauty. Collateral Beauty. Did you guys see it? I saw Pat it. saw it. Okay, so I heard the the <laughs> plot for that movie was absolutely like batshit crazy because they dis- they show it as like 
he's going to talk that's to. What I was saying. That's exactly what he's, they was show it as. He's going to like go talk to uh, what is it, death and yeah. and love or something. These three things and like that they're like uh, they're just representations of those things, right? Mm. But then like as soon as you it's not even like a spoiler like it's in the first 10 yeah. minutes of the movie like the setup is his friends his friends mm-hmm. hire actors not to help him yeah to make him look crazy and so they can show they can then strip those people out of the video footage wipe them out of the video footage and show it to a board of people so they can say that he's crazy. Yeah. And these are his friends yeah. that are doing this to him. I said that on the book. I'm like, yeah, I know they're friends, but it's like they don't want to do it, but they're going to do it anyways, which is like I've never done it to my friends. Like the point that it's like, I don't, I don't want to push you off this cliff, but I have to do it because it's only for your own good kind of thing. I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to do it. <laughs> Just not going to do it. But it was one of those things like because um, on the trailer, they, they tell you that, oh, he's talking to death. He's talking to, what's that, youth? He was talking to universe. He was talking to love. He death, was talking to death. Love and... Life or something? Time. Time. That's death, what it was. He was time. talking to those three people. Because he thinks right? those are the like the three most important things yeah. in life. So he was talking to those things. And the thing that got me is because I'm like, okay, I already know that he's going to be talking to these people. In the movie, they make it seem like, in the beginning of the movie, they make it seem like, oh, these people are nothing but actors. So like, oh, okay. They're nothing but actors. All right. And then you find out that uh, the people who hired uh, who hired these people to fuck up Will Smith's brain, they're all having problems too. Like they're all and all their problems. problems coincide with the people that yeah. they hired yeah, individually. Yeah. So they each are go- they are each Merry going Christmas the same everyone. Problem. Yeah, it was just like <laughs> it's a Christmas movie, right? Christmas Carol, right? <laughs> but remember, we were talking about that. It's not really a Christmas <clears> movie <throat> just because they had Christmas lights and stuff. Nobody, there was no gift exchange that was going on. Nobody actually said the word Christmas in the it whole It certainly movie. doesn't have a Christmas spirit to yeah, it. Yeah, there's no Christmas spirit in the whole movie. It was just like, oh, this is happening oh. around Christmas time. It's like a war movie around Christmas time. <laughs> like, oh, it's December 25th. Rocky movie. <laughs> Rocky Four. Oh, wait, but I'll, 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 I'll die on the stake to say that Die Hard is a Christmas movie. Die Hard it is, is a Christmas there's, movie. There's okay. gifts exchange. Okay. There's a Christmas party. There's a Christmas tree. He actually says a Christmas line in the movie. Yeah. That's a Christmas movie. Okay, that's a Christmas. <laughs> Die Hard's a Christmas movie. Yeah. All right, as long as we got that. I think away. my biggest what the fuck moment of 2016 was the scene in Don't Breathe when he's going to try to impregnate the girl. Oh. And he's got the semen oh, in the yeah. in that tube. And and just the way he shoots it with it like And you just see it dripping. It dripping off and then oh and then the Dude, the I, I think I scene. think someone in the theater literally said, "What the fuck yeah. out loud?" When we went to go see it, yeah, yeah, and then the the punchline of the the whole scene is like when she gets out and shoves it back right into his mouth and squeezes it. <laughs> Holy shit! The whole thing. You know they're gonna make part two of that movie. Oh really? Yeah. Are they? I don't remember if I'm. I'm they're gonna make a part two of that. Well, I don't I think, think they should. They should just I don't leave think it. They should either. Right there. Just. But leave I don't know because I already hated the last five minutes of that movie. The movie <laughs> should have ended before the last five minutes. Before they they show. Oh, she's like at the airport. She's at the airport. The it should have ended with her walking down the street. It was. It's such a good shot too, yeah. and it, it bookends the movie. And it's like it's like a studio <clears throat> note. It has to be a studio note to make. No, we, we need a little no, bit No, leave more. a little open-ended, yeah, like, open-ended, oh, yeah. you know, so the police let him go. Now he's on the loose. Or yeah. Whatever. But, oh yeah, that, that moment was one of those, like, 
because it ties everything together. It's like, oh, that's why he has the girl. Well, Wait, the- that's why he has the girl? <laughs> like, it's one of those, like, like, you get it, and then you're like, no, but that's bad. That's really crazy. That's even crazier than just a blind guy who's killing people. My question is, like it's, how did he get that girl? How did, how did, I mean, if you want to, if you want to try to figure out, how did a blind man go outside in the world and kidnap someone? He was a military vet. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's how it. movies there work. There we go. That's, that's how that's movies it. work. That's it. I mean, how did he get the girl when she escaped? The stupid dog. Yeah. <laughs> so he just sent that she she lived in like another like like uh, like twenty miles away. He just sent the dog outside, or maybe like, she came to his house to, to apologize. apologize. That, that that's a possibility. They don't cover it in the movie, but like yeah, that's, that's, I think a, that's was, a good I think, outside but I think explanation. It was just the semen was so much that no one even thought about it. <laughs> yeah. Like it was just one of those moments. Like that was like that's what they did to cover it up. How did he get the girl? Let's just put semen it. in this in the <laughs> movie, it. and no one's gonna fucking care. <laughs> Yeah. By the way, in Collateral Beauty, you didn't mention the biggest twist at the end. The final twist is oh. she's in the hospital talking to uh, someone, and you find out that it's uh, the actress who plays Death. Death. Yeah. So the movie is insinuating, yeah. after all of oh, no. this, yeah. that it was actually Death yeah. time in love. So these people just happened. Yeah. These people looking to hire fake people happened to hire the real representations well, of time but you see it throughout the whole movie kind of because remember when uh what's that guy's name uh he played uh hulk edward norton edward norton mm-hmm. when he ends up talking to Kira knightley and he follows her into some type of playhouse or whatever mm-hmm. um he's talking to her about the whole like he said oh yo where are you going because you you just gave me some lines from this uh the script or something that i'm writing or something and i need you to come back so you can uh acted out for us and they had a little kind of conversation or whatever and then he leaves when she, when he leaves those three people they're over here like slapping hands because they were saying like oh you got him like good job for you going over there and doing that kind of stuff so you kind of see it like huh maybe they have like some type of christmas magic or something going on mm. it's a christmas magic mu- movie but it's not about <laughs> christmas <laughs> it's so not about they're trying christmas. to frame their friend for insanity yeah. it's so funny because when you watch the trailer like when i saw the trailer that's what i thought it's like oh it's a, See, it's a christmas movie it's a romantic was, comedy the, the, yeah <laughs> i remember when i was saying like yo if if romantic comedies were shot like this because the way that the movie was shot was nice i loved it loved the way the movie was shot but um this it was like man how can i say the way that the trailer was if they would have played out that same way Without the craziness about, oh, we got to see if we can backstab our friend over here. It would have been like one of those, like, oh, okay. Just a regular movie. But the fact that it was all about this whole, yeah, we got to backstab our friend and all this other stuff. It just made it, like, kind of, like, underhanded. So it was like one of these, like, oh, I see what they're... Oh, so you just go down this dark road. And while you're going down this dark road, you start seeing a whole bunch of colors. <laughs> Christmas colors, by the way. <laughs> But it's not, you know what's crazy? Every Christmas color, that ever, it was not like, you know how you have a Christmas tree that has like a whole bunch of lights? All the lights were just white. All of them. The lights that were in people's houses, there was no Christmas lights that were like varied. And which is weird to me because some people just don't give a fuck about their Christmas lights in their house. And they just throw up like, oh, it's a white, uh, it looks like snow. And then down here, just a whole bunch of orange, green, all the blue. It was like everybody's house was like perfectly synced. Which I didn't understand, even though they, they shot that this, the same time when they shot this movie, 
uh, no, A Wonderful Life. That movie was shot in the same neighborhood that uh, Edward Norton was supposed to be supposedly living on. Kind of shit. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. So, so can you say that this whole movie was a what the fuck moment of 2016? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The whole plot? Yeah, like, you can basically say that because that movie was like... It makes you wonder, how the hell does this stuff get made? Just watch it. Just and watch it. on that note... And not only that... Merry Christmas, you filthy no. animal. <laughs> I just wanted to do that. <laughs> And Will Smith's father actually died while they were filming the movie, so it was like one of those. Wow. There we go. You strike again, 2016. <laughs> Kill Will Smith's dad. Yeah, his dad actually died while they were He's going to come back. Movie. He's going to come back with a vengeance. He's going to come back. Just watch the, watch the movie, everybody. Mm-hmm. Don't watch it. Don't rent it. Wait for it to come out like on no, like don't pay money. HBO. <laughs> Wait for it to come out on HBO or Showtime or one of these things. And it's probably not going to be Christmas. Which is not bad because it's not a Christmas movie. And even if it comes out on a channel that you don't subscribe to, just wait. <coughs> it'll one day make yeah. it out to, to the local circuit. Oh, yeah. it'll, it'll be on TNT. <laughs> it's a Will Smith movie. You think, you think it's like a TNT no, no, style I, movie? I don't know. I don't like know if USA? it'll make it. No, Because it makes you FX, wonder, like, how, how, did, how did people, someone read that script and go, like, this is good. <laughs> like, this is, a, this is an idea I want to finance. It wasn't a bad movie. But you know what? Will Smith, he likes doing those roles, man. I mean, he turned down The Matrix for Wild Wild West. One of the craziest decisions. <laughs> nah, but I think that was a good decision on his part. Because if he was in The Matrix, it wouldn't have been as good. It wouldn't have been as good. They need Probably that not. blank canvas. They do. Yeah, yeah. He's got two. It's so weird that they were thinking about him to, to cast him in that role because... Uh, like they're so heavy. different those two like Will Smith is like the embodiment of charisma yeah. and Keanu Reeves is like not yeah. <laughs> you need All that right. canvas so what do we have next should we get to our top five yeah you oh man I totally <laughs> forgot my I, uh, oh, you, oh he's got it. okay we can talk about it because he's got it in his top five what Rogue One he, oh. he, he, did you? Did you, you? Okay. Yeah, you got it in top five. I think I had it in mine too. Okay. Okay. All right. Then we'll then we'll get to it. All right. Well, Scott, what what's your top five of 2016? Top five. So I, you want me to read down all of my top five, go over them, or uh, you yeah, want me to just listen? Go ahead. Uh, I mean, I know that there's a lot of repeats. Like there's some on I mean, yours that aren't ours. There's not a lot of great movies that came out this year. We yeah, it's not a lot. Say, so okay. we're gonna have a lot of repeats. <laughs> There's a lot of things I still haven't I haven't gotten to see yet that I want to see uh, that came out this year. But uh, for my top five, uh, first I'll start with The Witch. Uh, you guys both saw that? No, no, I, didn't I, didn't didn't. I haven't seen okay. it. Um, <coughs> yeah, The Witch is, uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. The Witch is kind of movie where when you first start watching it, I'm like, I don't I don't know. Because like it, it's beautiful right off right off the bat. Um, and it and it draws you in, but because they're speaking in like old English, um, it's hard to follow a little bit of the storyline at first, and you're not exactly sure what's going on, and uh, you're like, oh shit, I'm not gonna. And there's no subtitles, so you're like, I'm not gonna be able to follow this movie. And then all of a sudden, I don't know if it's because of the director does such a good job of communicating story with action, and like uh, the actors do a phenomenal job. Holy crap. This is one of the best, like all around yeah. acting performance from the kids down to to uh, up to the adults. This is a movie about the goat, right? It has a goat in it. Yeah. There's a goat. Uh, yeah. Philip. That's the name Phillip. of the goat. Yeah, I don't remember that. Black but. Philip. Black Philip yes, was okay. the goat. Yeah. yeah. Um, I heard about this. 
I don't, I don't, I don't want to ruin too much for him. I'm still gonna watch it. I'm still gonna be like. Yeah, <laughs> um, but there's not that many like jump scares either. There's, there's no, no jump there's scares. No jump scares. It's uh, not the horror movie a in a traditional movie? sense. It's a horror movie, but it's a horror movie that reminds me of The Shining. Yes, yeah. where it's yeah. so disturbing that it's scary. Yeah, like the performances are so good and so believable. When is this movie supposed to take place? Oh, centuries ago. This is like so, 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 like the when Settlers, America yeah. was like first being settled. You know, like it was. Right. So like, um, it starts off when when uh, they get kicked out of a community because they are their their family is so religiously stout that they don't agree with some of the more liberal liberal minded people within a community. So they exile themselves basically um, out to the middle of nowhere, and it's just his family. And then you jump forward and you see like they've been struggling to eat and and just oh, shelter themselves. Um, so it's kind of like a challenge between like, um, the father's like vanity and, uh, his religious, uh, I don't know how you want to say it, uh, fanaticism. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, the balance between those two and like what's, what is real evil and like where, to, if it comes from within and just how they kind of launch, uh, accusations at each other so like you got the main character like the young girl who's one of the daughters of the family all this crazy shit's happening no no one wants to believe her Mm -hmm. so you got that going on she has two younger siblings that are probably the most like punchable oh yeah kids you ever oh, yeah. seen a movie like you want to kill them yourself you want to strangle yeah. them I don't know right. if I watch a movie like and, that, and because they're younger like the parents are like oh just leave them alone and it's like no nah, man kick the shit out of them. like those kids are so those kids are evil dude i can't watch yeah. i can't you know? watch movie like remember remember the office remember that whole thing um, about what you call it uh about michael scott michael scott i can't even watch episodes that he but just, like these kids are so fucking obnoxious and like they get away with so much <coughs> shit and then you got the creepy ass mom everything up like everything about the movie was just disturbing all the performances but to me the reason why the witch like left me stunned was their depiction of the devil. Oh, yeah. I was about to say, when he has, he has like, rubber gloves at one point, and he puts his his hand on her shoulder, and he, the way he says, like, do you want to live deliciously? And it's just like, what? What? Dude, the, devil? There, yeah. the devil shows up. Because you find out, like, oh, wait, there is some, some, some wicked shit going on. Because, like, you don't know whether to believe the girl, even though you see what's going on, but... You find out, no, there really is like some devilish things happening in the film. And then the devil actually appears. Dude, the way they shot it, hmm. you don't see the devil. You barely see the devil's face. He's like a shadow. And then he like slowly comes into the shot. And he's like behind the girl, puts his hand on her shoulder. But you still can't see him. He's like a silhouette. You can barely make out like his nose and then like a cheek, maybe yeah, a chin. Human? It's human. It's like humanistic, but okay. you're still like, wait, is that the is that supposed to be the devil? Like you kind of like for a second, you're like almost doubting it, and then finally you just accept it. And then I think the last shot, just my like my jaw dropped yeah. with the with the whole like mm-hmm, witch mm-hmm. sequence, and I was like, go ahead, this man. is it, this is it. No, you see like this like <coughs> she she decides like to like she joins to, a coven yeah she she basically sells girl. her soul. She's the the girl, the, the main, main girl. Yeah. She sells her soul to the devil, and she joins a group of witches. They're like out in the woods having like a and you like, sympathize a ritual. with her. You're like 
I can kind of see why she, which, why she. Yeah, did she was kind of like Harry world, Potter. Right. She's kind of like the Harry Potter of the movie. Like <laughs> she has like this abusive family that treats her like shit, and they don't believe her or whatever. And you're like, and you're yeah, like yeah, join the go, devil. Like go you want, be a witch. Want to eat fucking butter? <laughs> <laughs> he says that in the movie, and the way he makes it sound, I've never heard anyone make it sound like yeah, butter. Like <laughs> butter is so good so because you fuck butter. No, no, no. no. <laughs> oh. No, I don't remember what he says. He says something about like do, do, he just is mentioning like the things like delicates and like uh, things that you want like he can supply her with and like he doesn't mention like do you want to fly or, or it's just like simple things that oh. she doesn't have. So it's like do you the taste of butter and like the way he says it and he says he says to her do you want to live deliciously? <laughs> it's just like the the words used are so like weird and like like i think we're just not used to it so when we hear it we're like yeah that does sound kind of good though even though it's like really like super like dumb shit but we're talking about but we're talking about centuries you never think about how good butter is (laughs) butter is good man you don't think about life without butter might not be so great and then she goes out to the woods she finds like a group of women that are witches and they're having their ritual and then they all like start like floating in the air suddenly all of a sudden, they're all like just. Oh yeah, and, and then the soundtrack like builds with it. And then you hear like this, like creepy, like music in the background, and then the movie cuts to black and ends. The way it ends is like awesome. Like it just it, because you're getting goosebumps. You're like, what the fuck is happening? And then bam, it just ends, and you're still like on that like cliff. Like, what? But uh, uh okay, all right, okay, <laughs> the, the shit, best, that was good. The best thing I can say about the movie is it. It's it has it cake and it eats it too in the way that it shows you what it would be like to be in that time period and like be accused of being a witch like how easy you could see someone being accused of being a witch and because of their their religious fanaticism and like of like the mom who's growing older and is jealous of the his her beautiful younger daughter um and the father and everyone just it's very uh patriarchal like uh men look down upon women and they don't want them to have sex and be conservative and um how they use that against them like that power right and you can see how people can get accused of that or get burned or whatever you can see how that happened the same witch trials and stuff like that during that time period but it really is happening in the movie which makes it creepier and more of a horror movie you actually do see a witch in the movie um so like in that way it kind of gives you that that feeling of oh i know what it would be like in in the real world where you know there weren't really witches and people were just women were just being burned but at the same time the movie there there is a horror aspect to it a fantasy Mm -hmm. aspect to it and if you watch the um, the special features um they did like a q a session with the director this is that was his first film that was his first time filming first first time directing um really young guy um i think he's like still in his 20s he wrote it did he write it or he wrote it yeah yeah he wrote himself and directed it when you see the language in the movie and they had like all these like um prestigious like uh history professors watch the movie and they all agreed that it's like historically accurate like the way they depict that time period like it was just a really 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 well-made movie on a very low budget um what else do you have how low is the budget we're on we're on (laughs) high number my my Damn. my first uh, one on top five. So the next one I have is I don't think either one of you have seen this. Uh, OJ Made in America. No, I didn't see it. So this is just a it's a five part. Um, I think it's mini five series. parts mini series from uh, the people who make Thirty for Thirties or not Thirty for Thirty. Yeah, Thirty for Thirties. Is that was what it Thirty for Thirty? I thought it was the people who make. Uh, 
the shit about the clown and the, the house and Lady no, you're Gaga. talking about no, you're talking about the the mini the the series on FX. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I'm talking about. I thought that's what you were talking no, about. No, no, no. There, there's, there's a. It's actually <laughs> like it was released as a film. That's oh. why it's a. It's just a five part mini series from, from yeah. the people who make Thirty for Thirties, and it's basically a documentary. Um and the reason why I went into this and everyone like I heard a lot of good things about it and I went into this not not expecting too much and I have never been so like enthralled by a documentary and like when I'm watching a documentary been like how did they get this footage like they got footage of like um, OJ's ex-wife's um, uh, like she was having a wake at her house and everybody was like sitting there t- like uh, all her close friends were were like giving testimonies at this this woman's wake and it's like how where did they find that footage and there's so many moments in like that in the movie but in total the reason why i love the movie so much is because it makes you understand how he got off like you you sympathize with the entire community for like what was going on in la at that time um it was you know somewhat right after the Rodney King beatings and um, corrupt police officials in in L.A. And, I mean, the country and that city in particular was just, like, on edge. So it didn't matter. Like, it didn't matter if he did it or not. It was more about the fact that, like, as soon as as soon as they put in front of the courtroom and as soon as they put in front of, like, the population that there was a chance that these police officers might be racist or corrupt it didn't matter none of the other evidence mattered it was like a a a trial by public opinion basically and they just wanted to not see another black guy get screwed over by the police but if you look back on oj's history the funniest thing is like oj tried to separate himself from being being black black more than anybody else like he just he just always his biggest thing was i'm not black i'm oj like I don't, I you don't, I don't want to be characterized by anything, which you know I go back and forth on you know if that's that's right or not. When he could have been such a rep, big representative for a community that needed him in L.A., and he just kind of was like, I'm just gonna stick to myself. But it, just the movie, it shows you um, the 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 length of the trial, and it's fascinating. I mean, all I can say is just watch it. I mean, everyone I think should watch it. It's long, so it's a it's like freaking four hours of your life. But I think it's worth it, um, and it just helps you empathize with both sides. And I've never felt more convinced that OJ killed his <laughs> wife. I mean, I've never felt more like before. Like people just said it, but now actually seeing the case laid out in front of you, it's like this is it's insane that he got off. Like it, it, there's no way he should have got off. All the evidence lines up to him every single bit. I mean, and he acted in like the most suspicious person on the planet after he he uh, left town immediately after her murder. And then when they went to try to bring him in, he led the police on like this marriage yeah. trace down the highway to try to get away. And uh, I mean, it's just it's insane how he got off but that's not really the message of the movie there's a lot more to it but it's a great Isn't movie that, in that same thing that 30 for 30 they were talking about like there's actually a how, white bronco 30 for 30 separate to this oh, film okay. yeah, yeah they were talking about like what everybody really didn't know is that um there was a lot of things that were happening in sports mm-hmm. like 
there was playoffs, there were uh, it was golf, mm-hmm. and it was like uh, it was playoffs of football and basketball that was taking place while the, the while this case was going on. And nobody cared about this stuff, even though it was like amazing things that were happening in the sports and stuff like that. I think I heard this from another podcast. Is yo man, there was a lot of stuff that was happening, but nobody was talking about it. And that thirty for thirty was talking about it. So mm-hmm. I'm like yeah, like. This person broke this record, but nobody gave a fuck. This person right here was playing tennis. Nobody cared. Nobody cared about all of this. Because everyone's just watching him drive down the freeway. (laughs) It's like, man, that's that's amazing, man. Yeah, uh, okay, so I'll move on. My number, well, it's not really in order, but I'll just say my number three is uh, Green Room. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this. Um, This is very similar to what i was talking about earlier when i was talking about hell or high water um and what was the other movie where i was i related to that movie as far as like just it makes you it's so visceral and like it makes you feel like the pines okay yeah that's another one and it makes you feel like you're you're like in it right Mm -hmm. and like that movie there's just so many little things that happen you got you guys both saw it right yeah so there's so many little things that happen like uh when they first try to get away right like after they walk in on the murder and they just they try to like kind of get away the way that it happens it makes you like so uncomfortable because it feels like so real you know when you you're in when you see violence in real life it's not like in the movies you know what i mean like if you see like someone get their head split open or something like that it just it it feels surreal like it doesn't feel like it's actually happening and everyone kind of acts weird because it's not scripted it's not like it's in the movies like people say weird things and like how they just kind of coax them back into the room calmly and they're like hey, come, come on it's, it's all right it's all right but we all know like it's it's not all right yeah. <laughs> they're, gonna, they're gonna fucking they're gonna kill him like and they know it too but they're kind of being persuaded by the way that they're acting calmly about it in the same way because they don't know how to act they're like well, maybe, maybe maybe it will be all right maybe i should just listen to this guy um, but just the violence in that movie happens so sudden and unexpected and like they show it when they show it to you on screen it just makes you have this reaction like where I just I'm not squeamish at all in violence in movies but there are certain things that happen in this movie with violence that make me just go like holy crap like uh, when he sticks his hand out and he pulls it back and you see it just hanging and they just duct tape it together um I don't know. It's just like the way the movie builds to that and then when all hell starts breaking loose, I mean, I was just in it. I'm not sure I was more in a movie for the ride the first time I saw it than this movie in uh, 2016. So that's that's Green Room. Um, Another one I have is Moonlight. Uh, Moonlight is... uh, about two boys or about a boy who grows up in uh, Liberty City in Miami and he has to deal with uh, being gay in like a community that doesn't really approve of or know about I didn't know that was a uh, about a gay boy right until I went to go see the movie oh yeah I know cinema and I was like it's about a gay boy all right yeah (laughs) Like I'm not leaving. Traffic is bad right now. So let me just watch this movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So it's it's about it's about like a person being gay in somebody in a place where being gay is not 
easy but him also dealing with the fact that he doesn't even know like he doesn't really understand that he's gay um and having to grow up with that i don't know i i just thought the way it was filmed is a lot of handheld stuff um his it was really beautifully shot um just makes you feel for something that i don't relate to like i mean i i don't know what that feels like um I don't know what it would be like to grow up in that community, and I don't know what it would be like to grow up in his shoes. Um, but by the end of the movie, I felt like I could really, I don't know, I just felt like I related with the characters, and the acting in the movie is is phenomenal. I mean, like, the acting in the movie is top-notch. If somebody doesn't win acting for an Oscar for acting in that movie this year, uh, I know because they were... Comp- he got nominated for a Golden Globe. The supporting, uh, yeah, the father, the, the the father figure, the father figure, right? The gangster <laughs> that he ends up emulating, yeah. Um, at the end of the movie, uh, yeah, um, yeah, the movie was just superbly acted. Um, I don't know, it just stuck with me. Like, it's another one of those movies where after I left the theater, I was nonstop thinking about it, and just like the music in that movie is perfect as well. Um, yeah, great movie. Um, and then my number one hands down this or not hands down because moonlight's pretty close but my number one is arrival this year um and i know you loved arrival as well uh this guy uh denny villeneuve um he hasn't missed yet for me um we have prisoners was the first one i think um i don't know what his I, i think his first film was actually french but um, I think the the first film that made it to like where it left an impact in the United States was Enemy with Jake Gyllenhaal. Was that before? Pri- that's before Prisoners. That's pr- before Prisoners. That was before okay. Prisoners, but they they put it back in theaters after Prisoners. Oh, okay. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's what I'm. Okay. And then came Prisoners, then Sicario. Okay, because an Enemy is a movie that I love, and that's has a really ab kind of like it has a straightforward story, but it has a lot of abstractness to it. In metaphor, um, I really love that movie. Um, Prisoners is one that I like a lot as well. The poor performance in, the, in that movie are great, but uh, and Sicario, and that is Sicario was the first time where it showed me that he was a master of tension. I mean, the border scene in Sicario is like one of my oh, favorite yeah. all-time yeah. movie scenes. Uh, just the way he builds it through from their entrance, going through Mexico and picking the guy up. Um, to when they leave, I mean, um, edge of your seat is like normally just a thing you say, but I really think that I moved up to the edge of my seat when I was watching that. I mean, it's incredible. Um, and then arrival and yeah. arrivals, he's doing something different every time too. And that, that's something I appreciate is, is like his venture into sci-fi, which I guess he's going to do again now mm, with Blade, Blade Runner. Runner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I think Blade Runner is going to be a well, I don't know. They're kind of similar in a way where they're very subtle sci-fis. They're not like over-the-face lightsabers and, and gun battles. Um, there's yeah, no fighting just, in Arrival. I think Blade Runner just has a sci-fi background. But for the story, That's, there's really nothing like right, out yeah. of this world. Just like, the fact that it involves like, robots, right? Yeah, because it's supposed to be, it's supposed to be <laughs> a neo-noir. It's a film noir. It's, right, right. You know, it's this detective who's on the case but you know he's like searching for his hot leads but it's not working out for him and that's really what the movie is about it's just that that story i think like you said the the sci-fi is in the background it just happens to take place in the future could it could have taken place any any other time period i would never thought it was a sci-fi movie (laughs) yeah 
yeah well arrival um <laughs> you know getting back to arrival I, I yeah i just the way he the way he shot this movie uh number one uh like the first time that you see the alien ship and the, the i think it's like a smoke or like fog it's kind of pouring down over the mountains and just the shape of it and it just kind of for a second you're like what am i what am i looking at right now and um and but it's just, it's another it's just an image that sticks with you the way he builds tension when they're going up all the way from the first time they get in the helicopter to when they're going <clears throat> up and the first time you see the aliens i mean it doesn't matter what they look like cuz he does it so well that it's like you just want to know so bad that just show me anything i just i just want to see what these aliens are um uh yeah i mean and the performances in her are are pretty good too uh yeah. amy adams is someone that i don't love all the time but in this movie i think she's uh she's she's doing a great job like i just staying in her she tries to chew scenery too much in my opinion she tries to overact but in this movie i don't feel like she's doing that at all and i feel like a lot of the sorrow that her character is you think she, she's supposed to feel um is uh you see it in her character but later on you just find out that that's just kind of like her kind of complacency with life like she's yeah. just not happy with herself um and you you project and that's another great thing about the movie is the way he misleads you at the beginning to make you feel like you know this character um and then a lot of people don't like that that's a lot of people's criticism is that they mislead you to make you feel like oh she's lost a child and um so i know who this is i know why she's sad but then the movie kind of flips that on you i love it personally because i think that goes with the entire theme of the movie um which is that like time is kind of circular um and and some beings may not perceive time the same way we do um so the, the the way that the story works kind of falls in line with that i mean i just think there's so i could talk about this movie forever so um but i think it's great pat my list um i'm gonna say arrival first since he already uh talked about that one uh <clears throat> after that i'm gonna say give me a second because i didn't write anything down <laughs> i'm gonna say nice guys I know I said that was uh, the reason why I like this movie is because uh, it reminds me of like a, a buddy cop movie, like one of those buddy movies that I used to watch when I was, you know, in the 90s or in the 80s. It was uh, it, it's up. It's not up there with like Lethal Weapon, but it's before Bad Boys. <laughs> I'll put this movie before Bad Boys and I will put this the, right after 48 Hours. This movie really remind me of 48 Hours because it's two parallel characters who are just uh, thrown into the mix. And you see Ryan Gosling in a non-winning form, which is Complete fucking, opposite. You see him in the complete opposite. Which is fucking beautiful. Yeah. That's like, um, what movie did I see this? I saw, uh, what's that movie that had uh, Brad Pitt playing as somebody who got punched in the face? Burn After it. Reading. Yes. Mm. Yeah. When I saw that, I was like, huh, Brad Pitt not winning. That's amazing. Leonardo DiCaprio needs to do a movie like that. <laughs> he needs to do a movie that he's with. Yeah, he needs to do a movie that he's not winning. Because he's always a guy who's, uh, I mean, in most of his movies. What about What's Eating Gilbert Grape? I've never mm-hmm. seen that movie. I never wanted to see that movie. He's definitely not winning. That he's, he's definitely not winning. <laughs> he's not winning that movie? He's, uh, he's autistic. Really? And his mom dies. Yeah. Oh, damn. <laughs> 
That was funny when he was a child. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Yeah. Maybe I should watch that. And he movie. was nominated for that too. He got nominated for mm-hmm. that role. Yeah. But that's like one of those roles, like, like he's been doing so much work now that mm-hmm. you kind of like forget. You're like, oh yeah, he was in that movie. It's like, um, and the nice guys. One of the one of the scenes that highlights that uh, Ryan Gosling not winning that's such a great scene is when he wraps up like oh, he yeah. goes to punch the window uh, to break it and like and normally in a scene the guy wraps his hand and punches it and just gets in and he punches it and like cuts his whole <laughs> forearm and like it just it goes from that shot of him looking at his hand to him being in the ambulance oh, yeah. and that's such a great edit like Yo, uh, the, it's the so funny. The funny thing about that is that every time you see him you see that he has to cut like his uh, sleeve just so he could put the cast, cast on. on. Yeah, I'm like, oh my god, dude, this is fucking hilarious. He buys a new suit. He has to cut the sleeve. Oh man, it's fucking hilarious. Uh, the dark comedy in it is great. Yeah. Um, there's also a part where there's so many scenes where I'm just not sure if it's supposed to be funny, but I kind of laugh. I think he's like they like fall off of something, mm. and what he falls into the pool, and like the guy who's falling oh, yeah. with him just like lands right, right next, next to the to pool, him. and you see him like. <laughs> There's so many like like screwed up things in that movie that uh, made me laugh. The bathroom scene. Oh, when, uh, Jesus! When he's, he's trying to keep the hold gun. the door open. Oh. Trying to keep the door open. Yo, they never show you that kind of thing happen. But I can see that happening when the door is not is not uh, doing what you wanted to do. Kind of shit. When yeah. I, like that door, door. That door symbolizes so many things. <laughs> where we're trying to like either look cool yeah. or. Trying to look like you know, or you're at work and it's just something's not working out yeah. for you in front of everyone. Yeah, yeah that's good. Oh yeah, good God. movie. Yeah, I picked that movie. I think you had Nice Guys. You had Arrival. Mm-hmm. Don't breathe. Deadpool. Don't breathe. Okay. We already spoke. We already talked about that, didn't we? Uh, kind of. We talked about semen. <laughs> we talked about semen. Yeah. Well, don't breathe. I think we saw that sneak preview, didn't we? Yeah, we saw the advanced screen. Yeah. Well, that was another was reason why I enjoyed that movie. Time. Huh? Did I tell you, Scott? <coughs> well, we kind of discussed this very vaguely in, a, I think, one of our first podcast episodes. Pat and I were in the middle of writing a script mm-hmm. of a horror movie that takes place on the day before Halloween about a group of guys that break into this man's home to just, like, terrorize him because they, like, uh, they, they're celebrating Devil's Night, which mm-hmm. is the night before Halloween. And he happens to be the devil himself. Mm-hmm. We were writing the script, and then he sends me the trailer to this movie, Don't Breathe. And I said, Are you fucking <laughs> this is like kidding later. me? This, this is, is like, like a parallel mirror yeah. reflection of our freaking. Yeah, and, then, and then, and my first reaction was like, He's blind. That's brilliant. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's way better me. than our script. That was that was the that was the first message that he sent back to me. He said, He's blind. Yeah, cause that's fucking genius, and I was like, "Yeah, man, he's fucking blind." Yeah. Oh my god! And the script is still sitting in my room, like incomplete, and I just disheartened. Yeah, I can't, I can't do it anymore. Cause now every time I, I think of a scene in that uh, of script, I'm like, "No, that's just like dumb breathe." Yeah, and you know the thing about that is like I think in lesser hands, I think that script can can make a really bad movie too. Oh yeah, like. Like you have to be a good director to make that work because that can come off really silly and 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 not purposefully silly too. Um, whereas like this is it might still be a fun movie like a, like a campy movie you know but like this is thrilling and like you believe 
that this guy is dangerous and that that takes skill like uh i really like uh this director okay can't remember his name either and they they directed something recently that we i think we all saw with this director yeah because I remember it was on the it was on the poster. It was like it on was the another it's another movie that's not the script for it isn't isn't well this I think the script for this are is good but the the script for the movie he directed he was like the best part about the movie um, whatever oh he did the remake of Evil Dead yeah oh, oh okay yeah yeah makes yeah. perfect sense you know it was funny <clears throat> that's the chick from Evil Dead yeah yeah. <clears throat> I actually re-saw that movie. I, I enjoy it. I and still... Sam Raimi also produced this movie, Don't mm-hmm. Breathe. The movie is good. Evil yeah. Dead is good. This movie is good. <laughs> Only had a $9 million budget. Oh, in this movie, the dog scene when she's in the car and the dog is chasing her. Yeah. And uh, I, I love those scenes where like uh, the person has to use like ingenuity and like kind of figure out how, how to get away from the situation. And the way they use the dog as like kind of like a monster mm-hmm. chasing her was so it was really effective. I thought it I was don't, great. I don't like those kind of scenes when they just throw them in there because I need some backstory of how uh, this character was able to think that think that through. I've oh, been like chased by dogs. Out? Yeah, I've been chased by dogs before, <laughs> and I'm never like, I got an idea. There we go. <laughs> and I'm you gonna just use it as a noose or something like that. No, I'll never do that. You know what else movie they do that in? Um, Ten Cloverfield Lane. Yes. Mm-hmm. But one? they but they show you throughout the movie that that she's, that, that she's good at that. She's a she's a problem solver. That and she, she kind of figures to be a things out. Yeah, she's a fashion she designer. She knows how to put things together. To the hazmat suit. Right, right. They they show you in t- in this movie. Although it's more... I, I I don't believe that any of the fashion students that we went to school with would have thought. <laughs> yeah, but she's like a designer. Like she lives in a nice apartment uptown. You know, she's she's good at her job. But like my my point being, just in Ten Cloverfield Lane, it feels like. Uh, they show you throughout the movie that she's good at it kind of builds to it whereas at the end of the movie when she's figuring things out on the fly mm-hmm. it kind of works for her character whereas i agree with you in, in this movie it was like all of a sudden this yeah. girl is like all right i'm gonna before, figure this yeah, out because before the only thing that uh we knew that she she was good at uh reading those uh those numbers that the guy was typing in right mm-hmm. she was good at reading that other than that she was really the reason why that other guy had to keep on constantly going back into the house and going to save her kind of thing but i prefer that to being stupid like yeah she wasn't stupid nobody was stupid in the movie right i prefer that to like when when characters do things because that's another thing about green room and this movie where i like there was nothing in the movie where i was like why the fuck are you doing that it was always like I would do. I would. I would try that. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I'd do that. And I love when movies do that. And they, they, the script respects us, kind of thing. You know, mm-hmm. the audience. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that was the the movie. Um, my phone just died. So you also had Deadpool <laughs> and Captain America. Yes, I had Deadpool. I'm not gonna talk about Captain America because we already yeah. we already discussed it. Uh, Deadpool was because uh, if it wasn't for Deadpool, we wouldn't have an R-rated Logan. And the more I think about uh, this R-rated uh, Wolverine movie, and I find out that Deadpool's actually going to be in that movie. Is it, though? Is there it? were rumors that Ryan Reynolds filmed the scene, but then there's, like, websites saying, like, no, it didn't no, happen. No, it's not? Ah, oh, you see? I yeah. hope. I mean, he's not old. You know what? 
I don't think Logan's gonna be a good movie. <laughs> I seriously don't, man. Just, but also, like, <laughs> stick a one eighty. If, if, if they, yeah. if they, nah, if they nah. really did film that scene, <laughs> then these trailers have been misleading us. Nah, because yeah. this does not look like a movie that would yeah, have a would Deadpool, have Deadpool cameo. It, right? Yeah, it looks like it's gonna be. And where the hell's Mister Sinister? Isn't Mister Sinister supposed to be the villain? He- I don't know. That was the that was the the the, the little after credits uh, Easter egg. I don't from X Men Apocalypse. Oh, I think it's gonna be in the X Men yeah, movie. Yeah, I think it's gonna be. In, I think they had intended it to be in the next X Men movie because that's gonna oh. take place in the nineties. <coughs> Which like I don't. I don't know how that's. Gonna, uh, yeah, but I don't know. The thing how that's that gets go. me, man, is just that. Um, well, well, Deadpool's is the reason why we're gonna have an R rated. I just, I'm just happy that maybe they're gonna start making R-rated, uh, you know, comic book movies. For when it's appropriate, adults. I think. Like yeah. when the char- when it fits <laughs> the character. The character. Like uh, you know. Deadpool, he has to be R-rated. Lo- uh, Wolverine, Wolverine makes yeah, sense. It makes sense. I mean, there's a comic book of him going to hell kind of thing. But I don't think this movie's gonna be good just because of. Um, I watched Wolverine the first movie, didn't like it. Second one, I had high hopes. My hopes are so high because I'm like, oh, man, he's, you know, he's going to be dealing with swords and stuff like that. Oh, he's going to lose his powers. That's cool. Then, like, hated it. And this third one, I think it's just, it, they just they just threw an R on it because they was already making the movie. They already writing the script. And then as soon as they realized that Deadpool did, uh, did Smashing as an R-rated movie, they did not throw away that script. All they did was just okay. We're gonna add some more gore to it. Mm-hmm. So I think this movie's gonna be a shit show. <laughs> I think people are just tired of Wolverine. I'm, I'm tired, tired of Wolverine. I think that's kind of true. But I, I like the trailer a lot. <laughs> I think I think I think it's a good trailer. But I don't I don't know about the movie because I, I am a little bit tired of, of the song. It is a good song. It is. <laughs> but take that song away, and it's like uh, the imagery looks. It's just it looks literally different. Hugh Jackman giving dramatic looks to the camera. Yeah. Yeah, but he, he's got blood on him too. Oh. Whoa. His blood. Things happened in that movie. Like he's he's seen some shit. Oh, I'm just tired of Wolverine, man. And you know there's that whole thing. They've introduced about, him like eight times in these movies, like we get it, man. You don't know your past. We Kevin, let's be get optimist. It. Let's be optimist. I am You're optimistic. gonna go see it. I'm not gonna see it. I'm, You're I'm not? seriously but I have he, no interest he has, in it. He knows his past now, man. What if it gets rave reviews? I'll wait. I doubt it. Still wait. I'll wait. Right. I'm, this is—I don't know. This is the one comic book movie that I was just like, other than the Fantastic Four, that I was like, nah, not interested. Mm. Which Fantastic Four? The new one. And Four Stick. Both of them actually. I never saw the original one in theaters. I saw when it was like, not even like HBO or anything. It was like the FX? TBS or whatever channel. FX they was the it. one that was showing uh, <laughs> Fantastic Four. And I saw it. And I was just rotation. like, wow, this is bad. Before it's time, we we were in the infants infancy of uh, X Men. X Men was good. The first two X Men were good. We had yeah. The second one, I like the second one. The first two Spider Man were good. Okay, that was around the same time. Yeah, Blade was good. Blade Blade and Blade is a rated R. Blade is rated R. That was actually the first rated R comic book film that no one ever mentions. Everyone thinks it's all Deadpool, but it's actually Blade. Uh, Blade. I was about to say. And Blade they're very Runner. similar. They're very, they're very similar in the way that they're like that they're someone they're somewhat campy in their humor, but it's it's like in a good way, I think. And Ryan Reynolds was in Blade. 
I used to say that all the time to my uh, my friends. Um, mm. The line that he says at the end of the movie when he kills the bad guy, motherfuckers always trying to ice skate uphill. <laughs> <laughs> That's gonna be the title of this podcast. No <laughs> <laughs> good. Oh my god, that's All right. funny. Uh, and that's it. All my other movies. Uh, it's on uh, Kevin. Yes, yeah, on chip. Uh, right my top five. I got the witch. We already talked about Rogue One. All right, here we go. Let's talk about Rogue One a little <laughs> here we bit. Go. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I was a little bit nervous a couple months ago for this movie, the but I think I was. Yeah, I was nervous because of the reshoots. I don't know how to how to feel about that. I always get nervous when a big corporation has like full control of a franchise. Disney is a company that does make good movies, but from time to time they do disappoint. Um, so I was a little bit nervous, but with Rogue One, I I don't know what I could have nitpicked out of it. It was just like I loved every little bit of, of, about it. I loved the characters. I love the fact that this movie was not about the Skywalker family. I love the fact that, you know, it wasn't like, oh, my God, Jedi and the lightsabers. And no, fuck that. Let's just let's make a Star Wars There was kind of a Jedi-esque Sort of. But like, when did you see a lightsaber pop out and like, well, other than Darth Vader. but Which is one of my favorite scenes. Oh, yeah, that's that is my favorite scene in the movie. But like, when did you see like the whole like. Oh, I hate you. And like, you didn't see that stupid soap opera, you know, like family drama. It was just like war, straight up war. That scene with Darth Vader and he was, uh, he popped up with his lightsaber. It made me feel that. Yeah, man, these Jedi and these, uh, these, uh, what dark guy, I forgot the fucking Sith. Sith are nobody to be fucking with. (laughs) Yeah. Cause after you seen this whole war of people with guns are just shooting then you see this one guy who has this primitive weapon, this sword, who is dodging your your bullets and everything like that, and he's just walking towards you. That is terrifying. Yeah. Can you imagine somebody with a butter knife and you have like an Uzi <laughs> in your hand and you're over here trying to shoot at him and he's just walking straight towards you, <laughs> just blocking all the bullets? Darth Vader's never been more terrified. Dude, it's like, yo. <laughs> yeah, and I, I, I said this just through conversation with Pat a couple weeks ago. Um, George Lucas, you know, we all respect him because, you know, he created this amazing galaxy for us and he reinvigorated pop culture and the way movies are made and all this great stuff. He created all these great characters. But I feel like it's other directors that did a great job Mm -hmm. showing us why these characters are badass. Not him. For sure. So... Empire, which is the best one. Empire Strikes Back. Really had not a lot to do with. And then, you know, you have a new director directing Empire Strikes Back, and he just, like, amped up everything to 10. And then, you know, J.J. Abrams, even though a lot of people call his film, like, nostalgic, and, you know, he's just kind of remixing it, but he still did a good job showing why Kylo Ren (laughs) is, like, a feared villain. He did a good job showing why Rey should be, like, the new hero. Um... With this movie, I think we finally got to see why is Darth Vader so scary? Because if you really think about it in the original trilogy, you don't see it that much. The only times you see how evil he is is when he does the the force choke on Mm -hmm. people. And then you're like, oh, shit, that's fucked up. But that's it. Mm -hmm. 
that scene, that ending scene in yeah. the hallway when he's like slaughtering all those guys, I literally got goosebumps. Oh, and too. that does not happen yeah. often. I was like, I turned into a little kid. I was just like, oh, that's so cool. Like, it's so, like, I want to be him even though he's bad. Right. You know? Well, I got, I got, I'll say my piece on, uh, on Rogue <laughs> One then, real quick. I don't, I don't dislike Rogue One. I like Rogue One. I might even like it a lot. But I do, it would, if we had an, an overrated. We didn't do an overrated list, did we? No, no, we, no we okay. Well, we're, I don't think we're going to, but um, if if we'd had one, this would probably be on it, just because there's so many people saying that this is as good as Empire, and I I don't I personally I don't feel that way. I think I was one of them. I I, I personally I don't say so. Yeah, there's a lot of people that feel that way. So just for me personally, I don't even I don't feel that way. I I prefer as much as I know that the Force Awakens has flaws. And it does. It is very much a copy of. Uh, it's 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 on purpose, but it's very much a copy uh, of a New Hope. Um, but I just cared about those characters. I the, the thing that that movie did so well is every single character in that movie, as soon as they popped on screen, like uh, Poe and Finn, as soon as they start talking, like they there was a bond between them, and I actually I was like yeah I I see that like and they did it in like seconds right and you care i cared about finn i care about ray i care about i think kylo ren is um a more fascinating villain than even darth vader was in a new hope darth vader became fascinating in empire but in a new hope in their first movie he's kind of just like this stale guy in a costume right kylo ren actually has some depth to him and like you can see his motivations um but in rogue one i don't care about anyone in that movie maybe the robot maybe k2so that's like the only one he, i cared about like, <laughs> that's my favorite character and, in, the whole, in the whole movie and that's humor right i mean like that's just because he's the one cracking the jokes like he makes you laugh and he has some sort of buoyancy to him and i think like i said this is someone i think uh robots in movies are kind of like puppies it's like how do you how, like whenever a robot is sentient it's like how do you not like that it's like it's it's great it's fun to watch you know um but as far as the human characters i felt like they were really shadow shallow and that made me not care about the movie as much and revisit it the last hour of this movie it's thrilling like the whole setup for everything i wish more of the movie was like that because you said that um, it doesn't have as much soap opera, which I, I agree. Like, uh, Star Wars is soap opera. It's, it's an opera in space. You know what I mean? It's a Western, right? This movie is more of a war movie. But there still is that family drama. Oh, yeah. And, in, in the, and it kind of is the, the thing, the catalyst for the movie, right? It's the thing oh. that starts the entire movie. <laughs> but the thing about... And, and it, and it uh, recons... Uh, one of the biggest flaws of Star Wars, which is why why is there you can just shoot a hole into the Death Star, right? And like it does such a good job of like giving you a reason why that flaw is there. But I just didn't care about the like the interaction between mother or father and daughter because I just didn't feel like I knew the characters. And I feel like that goes through everyone. Everyone's doing a great job. Performances across the board. Everyone's doing their job. I just feel like they didn't <coughs> give them characters to play like to me like their characters were one line almost you know what i mean like it's almost like they were one beat everyone just had a thing like here's the blind guy here's the blind guy's friend here's the funny robot you know what i mean and it wasn't like there was no depth for anyone on screen so like when they all started dying i was like 
this is sad because the music is sad and and people are dying. What you call it? Like, um, there's that movie that came out, uh, Magnificent Seven, right? Mm-hmm. That came out with uh, Wesley, not Wesley Snipes, Denzel Washington, Denzel, right? Yeah. I thought of this movie just like that. Like, all it is is just they just got this, these band of uh, like basically pirates mm-hmm. that you can't even trust because uh, there's a chance that they might just shoot you right in the back, and if you turn around, they shoot you right in the face too. So it doesn't it doesn't even matter. So they just got all these people together, and it's like um, basically there's this uh, empire. They all don't like the empire. Mm-hmm. They all don't like uh, they're shifty. Every single one of them are shifty. They all don't like the empire. So they just band together just so they can get these plans because it is one woman who they said that she makes uh, what a hundred men feel like a thousand or something like that, which I thought was a dope ass line. It's a good line. It, uh, that whole the whole all their speeches at the yeah. end, I feel in the like trailer, are pretty good. That line was more impactful than it was in the movie because mm. <laughs> I was like, oh, the way he said it, he said it totally different. There was some, there were certain things that was wrong with the trailer that was like, man, this is powerful. But then when they said it in the movie, it was like you delivered that shit totally wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know which which one you used, but that's not the way that you the, you used it before. But um, it was like, uh, so I don't think you're really supposed to care for him. It's just that, uh, okay, this guy, he, he, he's blind, but he's good with a stick. And apparently he can kick everybody ass, just like a Jedi, but he, he just never passed the academy or yeah. something because he was blind. Right. This other guy has a machine gun, so it's supposed to be his partner kind of thing. So that's supposed to be <clears throat> supposed to be like Han Solo and uh, Chewbacca kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Both of them are partners. They're together. They're tandem. Then you have this one one dude who actually got the girl, and he has a robot. So I think of him as, um, I don't know, just a guy with a, my, my big giant robot. He just got a robot who kick ass, and he's good at it too. And he, he can shoot you right in the back, but he does it for, for a good cause. And you find out that his good cause is not really, it's a just cause. It's not really a good cause kind of thing because he knows that he's done some bad things because he's grown up into this whole situation. I, I like the fact that throughout the movie you see that look on his face like he doesn't like what he's doing. Right, no. But he knows that it's for the greater good. Yeah. And it's like, it's one of those like questions you have to ask yourself like, should I pick the more ethical, you know, path or should I pick this path that, you know, I'm a soldier so I'm supposed to, you know, do what I'm supposed to be told or or whatever. Um, I, I thought that was pretty cool. And then, the one character that I do feel was cheated that they started giving him depth, but then they were just like, nah, Forrest we're going to kill him off. Forrest Whitaker. They should have given him. They should have done more. more depth than anybody there because his whole backstory and the fact that he, he's already having rumors and stuff like that. I was like, oh, OK, so we're going to see him a lot. And then as soon as you see him, they're going to kill him two scenes later. It's like, what the fuck just happened? And he, he was in Forrest Whitaker is, is like going for it in this movie. Mm-hmm. He is he is trying something. Dude, he is in that character, <laughs> yeah. man. He had the accent. He. I want to know what was his back his uh, his backstory in his head. Yeah, because what, what happened in his life that just made him grow out his hair and say fuck it? I don't yeah. care what I look at. They like must have gave him like, like missing limbs. a book. They must have gave him like a book of this is your character's backstory. Shit, if you know Forrest Whitaker, he probably wrote himself <laughs> a book. <laughs> And then you see him in the movie, and it's like, he has a couple of lines like this. And then all of a sudden, the planet blows up. <laughs> I thought it was just kind of cheated. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, like I said, it's just a tough thing to balance. Like, it's so it's co- so cool because 
this movie does something a lot of things better than force awakens right number one it, it bounces between planets it shows us new planets new at like new environments and stuff one of the m more simplistic problems with star wars is that like every planet is like one environment <laughs> you know what i mean like every planet's like mm -hmm. it's the this big is desert this is miami planet yeah. you know what i mean like <laughs> yeah, yeah i was beachfront property all over the place <laughs> it's, it's very simplified but at the same time it's kind of cool this that's what this universe is right all right whatever but this this shows us new planets in the star wars universe that we've never seen before and force awakens shows us new planets but they're very similar to the old ones um that this movie does that better and it gets a bunch of characters together but when you try to show so much sometimes you don't give the proper investment to the right things to make me care about what's going on on screen and that's what i felt like the first hour of the movie is just kind of jumbled and we jump all over the place and some cool things happen and like i was never like bored i was always having a good time I just wasn't invested as much as I was like in the force awakens begins the way it starts the the music and the characters 20 minutes into that movie I'm like I'm I'm on board with everyone the intro for every character I felt like they had a, a depth to them a personality and uh I'm anxious to see what they yeah. do next whereas in this one they all died but yeah I thought yeah. of this movie as like a spin-off yeah. it's like um, I, 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 it's enjoyable I think yeah, I think mostly I'm just impressed that because if you really think about it, this could have just been a scene in A New Hope. This whole story. Right. Yeah. Could have just been one scene like, oh, here's these rebel fighters that just stole the plans. But the fact that they turned it into a two-hour two film about this, you know, bam, like this one and character that's in the good. background. I was like, okay, good job. Yeah. Good. And did you know that the, the person who came up with the idea for the story was like one of the first uh, visual effects? No, not one of the first. He was in charge of the visual effects for the prequels. He's also one of the guys who helped create Photoshop. Like he's like a digital, like really? techno <coughs> technological guy. He's not like a screenwriter. This is his first time mm -hmm. doing that. I think he did a pretty good job. Yeah. For a first timer. Well, he just wrote this or he directed this? He wrote it. He wrote it? But this exactly. is a guy who he's like a computer guy. He's not, you know, he's never been part of like that aspect of filmmaking where oh let, let me help you design like uh, develop these characters now he's the guy that you develop the character and then you give it to him and then he puts it in the computer and like right. animates it but, yeah, it's cool he, I thought it was pretty good the movie was um hey, I enjoyed it I saw it twice so yeah I want to watch it twice but I haven't watched it but it was pretty uh it was pretty warzy <laughs> just just for me I always I I prefer I, I think I'm in the minority though. I think most people prefer this this movie to Force Awakens, but uh, I prefer Force Awakens to this one. Really? Yeah. yeah Even I, though it just, that Force Awakens just it just it it basically copied, but it to me because because of the fact like it just goes down to character for me because I care about the characters because there's new thing happening with new people. Even though it feels like if you because when I was watching it, I'm not like for me personally, I wasn't like this is a new hope. Like I, I thought about that afterwards in discussion. I was like, you know what? Like, wow, wow, wow! That is really similar to a No Hope. You know, so that's a criticism. But when I was watching, I was like, these are all new people. I'm finding out new things, and and we're going on a new adventure. I, I right? see what it is because it's like um, it's like what Obama said. <laughs> I know what I'm. I, it's a reach, but wait, <laughs> just hang around with Here me. Here we go. Hang around with me. 
It's like what Obama said. Uh, it was he was saying like uh, there's a lot of people saying that oh Obama didn't do a lot of things for for black people, right? They're saying a lot of black people were saying that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But really, what it is is that he was he's basically saying that see I'm I'm the first black president of the United States. If I was to do everything for black people, I would be the last pres- black president <laughs> of the United States. He said so. His whole thing was that I'm gonna do things for everybody. So. He said, of course, this is back before the election actually took place. He said, of course, Bernie Sanders or Hillary Clinton are going to do more for black people than I have because I'm trying to get everybody. So people are going to be like, hey, you're cool. When you're the first of anything, like J.J. Uh, J. Abrams was basically the first to one reboot. to, to yeah. reboot, mm-hmm. you have to like, you have to it's touch a tough job. everybody's base. There's no, you can't overreach in one area because you're going to lose people here. The new people are not going to know what the fuck is going on because they don't know what the hell you're doing. So what he did was just basically just branched out. He just touched everything. So this next one is more promising because now you have the new people who basically are going to watch the back catalog and be like, okay, I'm into it. I saw Rogue One. I'm into it. Now when they watch this new one that's going to come out, they're going to be like, okay, I'm fully invested now. Now each one that they're coming out with, now you got this new generation of people who are going to be into Star Wars. And yo, I seriously believe that, man, Star Wars has been going strong for mm-hmm. what, 40, 40 years? Well, it, it took a little lull in, during the, the. Yeah, almost the 50 years. Yeah, but it's still like, years. they still doing conventions right, and stuff. Right, right, right. Yeah. Which God, this, this year, Star Wars celebration is going to be an ordinary. And, 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 and I think, I think, just for, you know, mm-hmm. one last point, I think another reason why, personally, I like, uh, that's a great great point actually you pulled that analogy back around i like (laughs) that (laughs) but um i think the reason another reason why i like force awakens so much is um i have a little brother and sister and like to watch them get invested and to watch also my girlfriend who has never been about star wars or anything get invested and want to go back and watch the older ones and get invested in the world because this movie is accessible for everyone and it brings everyone into the world and i think that is a tougher job than people give it credit for and just watching like my little brother and sister kind of light up for this one and like fall in love with star wars in the same way i did when i was a kid and i watched the older ones i think that that there's a lot to say about that that um that i don't feel like rogue one does as well as much as i enjoyed the experience in the theater yeah so. Maybe Rogue One was just for the people who were actually into Star Wars. Right. Like, yeah. Into Star yeah. Wars, yeah. It's a. It's That's a one, one of the biggest criticisms that I got. That it yeah. was just for them. It, it was, was just for them. Yeah. yeah. And to be honest, uh, this there's nothing problem. There's no problem with that. Right. Just to have a movie that's just for people, just for the fans, and it's supposed to be like a. The same thing is going to happen with the Han Solo movie. It's going to be. Oh, just yeah. It's going to be just well, for the fans because. <laughs> They're going to show the Castle Run, which only Star Wars fans know about. Right. But oh, he did it under 12 parsecs. It's directed she, by guys. My wife guys. doesn't know about the 12 parsecs. <laughs> she doesn't know about the 12 parsecs. It's directed you know? by guys, uh, or it's directed by the same people who did a uh, Lego movie, right? I believe. Well, Han Solo movie is oh, going to be know. directed by uh, the, the dude who's the DP of Arrival. Oh, the Hans, Han Solo movie? You sure? Yeah. Yeah, I thought. Well, was, he just posted on the internet. Yeah, he found the article. What you call it? The dude who maybe. What am DP, I thinking of? Roger Deakins, who's the DP for <laughs> for Arrival, is gonna. This is gonna be his like directorial debut. Oh, okay. Oof. I thought it was gonna be different people. <laughs> so that should Man, be interesting. I know. I know. I know. His uh, his Twitter is getting a lot of uh, 
a lot of followers right now. Because right, uh, are the Han Solo movie or the other uh, or was it another movie? Because online right now I still see that it says Phil Lord and Chris Miller are directing. Mm-hmm. Are directing. I found that out uh, last night around like twelve o'clock. Maybe they cha- <coughs> maybe there's something changed. So on my list I had The Witch, Rogue One, Deadpool, Arrival. We all talked about. And ten Cloverfield Lane, which I think we kind of already yeah we covered a, a, we covered we covered a little bit like great good thriller I think good yeah. thriller really, really good thriller it's one of those sequels I think every movie sequel should be like this yeah. anthology where it's style. like yeah it's yeah. like f- forget what you saw in the first movie like this is a different story not so different but we're just gonna go a completely different angle I feel like that's kind of like what they did with Empire Strikes Back. Mm-hmm. A New Hope was like just an intro, but the real story starts with Empire. Mm-hmm. I felt like the same way with uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane. It reminded me of like the movie Psycho and Rear Window, yeah. where it's like really simple things that are beginning the tension, and um, it was like a, like a classical uh, suspense coming back to the screen. And you know, we were we all got nervous over John Candy. Mm-hmm. John Candy, not John Candy. Uh, John Goodman. John Goodman. Like, John Goodman. Oh, John Goodman's terrifying in the like, movie. Like he's terrifying in the movie, yeah. but it's like it's like the simplest things that it's terrifying mm-hmm. us. And yeah, I thought that suspense was really good. Um, a funny thing, real quick about Dan Trachtenberg is the director's name. I used to listen to him like, man, like eight years ago. He used to be on this. Uh, it's kind of like a video podcast thing where they used to talk about movies. It's just the weirdest, like, surreal thing for me to see, like, him directing, like, a feature film. And he actually did an episode of the most recent season of Black Mirror, too. Um, uh, which, which episode was his? <laughs> um, you've seen, so you saw yeah, season three? Yeah. Uh, the second episode, it's, like, a video, video game. video game one? Yeah. Oh, he directed yeah. that one, too. Oh, yeah. That's okay. awesome. So, yeah, it's, it's like, kind of surreal to see this guy. I think that was, like, the second favorite watch, episode yeah. of that season, too. Yeah. That's the one with the the guy who he pick up the phone thing, right? Yeah, yeah, he wouldn't okay. call his mom, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> fucking call your mom, people. All right, guys. So I think that's about it. Before we go, what are the biggest movies that we're anticipating for 2017? Uh, um, got Power Rangers. We got a Guardians of the Galaxy. We have uh, I know we're just gonna save the big one for last. But these are all the fillers right here. <laughs> uh, we got Guardians. We got Power Rangers. We have uh, there's a there's a Marvel movie coming out, right? There's always a Marvel movie. Uh, Guardians, yeah, Guardians. Thor? Thor, Thor, Thor Ragnarok. I'm actually decently interested in. It's uh, you know who's directing it? Taika Waititi. Yeah. What? You know who that is? Yeah, uh, it's a. Uh, Taiku Waititi? Yes. What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, Remember the vampire? Are yeah. Are you kidding me? And, uh, he's one of the vampires. He's the one that keeps smiling at the camera. Yeah, yeah, he's yeah. directing the Thor yeah, movie. Yeah. And also, he did one this year Hunt, Hunt for the Wilder People. He did this year. Yeah, I didn't get to turn in that, that movie into a TV show. What We Do in Shadows. Yeah. They turn it into a TV show. So that was yeah, that was good. I, yeah, I'm know. very interested <laughs> in that. And apparently, uh, Hulk is going to be in that one too. Yeah. I kind of like the thing the Marvel's doing, where they kind of just they pair up a su- the superheroes together in the, in the movies. Uh, to me, that makes it more interesting. I like that. I'm just I, I really want to see Hulk and Gladiator wardrobe. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. I think that's gonna be cool. War War Hulk. Planet Hulk. Planet Hulk. War Rob. Rob Rob. We got Dunkirk. We got Dunkirk. 
which I still haven't seen. What is it? Eight minutes of? It's like five or six. Really? Yeah. Oh. I mean, but it's no, but uh, you don't need to see anymore. It's great. I mean, you just what from is that. What are the scenes that they're showing? So it's basically just a scene. It's hard to, out of context. It doesn't really make. Wait, hold on. So for those that don't know, if you see Rogue One, oh, in IMAX. But not just any IMAX. It has to be like select select theater, like the seventy millimeter. So aperture is not showing it. No, it's just the one in Fort Lauderdale. It's It's the seventy millimeter. True IMAX. Yeah, they are showing a scene from Dunkirk. Five minutes. Yeah. So in in the scene, it's uh, just like on the beach. These two guys. It's basically like this long tracking shot of following two guys walking on the beach, uh, transporting somebody who's injured. Um, the best part of it is the music, Hans, Hans Zimmer again. Um, it's very manipulative. I mean, it it just winds you real tight, and you're just watching five minutes of like a snippet of a movie. Um, and the funny thing about it is, the last time I saw one of these, because he did the, he does this, um, he did this for The Dark Knight, he did it for Dark Knight Rises. So the last time I saw one of these was Mission Impossible. I think mm-hmm. Dark Knight Rises was attached to. Um, Tom Hardy was in it. And he was Bane, and he's wearing the mask. And like one of the biggest complaints about that was that you couldn't understand yeah. him. And they changed it to where Bane's voice kind of comes from the surrounds, at, like in the audio. It comes from around you every time he speaks, which is super effective, I think, in the film. One of the best parts <laughs> about the movie. In this movie, in this uh, five-minute thing, um, Tom Hardy is a pilot. And he's doing a weird accent and wearing a mask again, oh and it's really hard. It doesn't matter that you don't. Is he understand. a Nazi? No, or is he one British, of the British? He's a British uh, pilot, right? Right. I believe he's a British pilot. Yeah, but he's he's like Tom Hardy. Always every movie he's in, he does a different accent, and he's doing it. A, a TV show or something? Huh? So yeah. be in a TV show or something? What, what TV show? Um, I know that he was in. Uh, he was in Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders, and he had a fucking accent on that. Thing, yeah, and. I could not distinguish where you, I'm like. Is he? He's supposed to be Jewish. I've never heard a Jewish person talk <laughs> like that before. But I said, but this is olden times, so okay, we're going with it. But it seems like he does do a lot of accents, yeah. though. I lo- have you seen? Have you guys ever seen Locke? No. <laughs> I would recommend uh, Locke. It's basically this movie where the whole the whole movie is Tom Hardy sitting in a car talking on a phone. Oh like, yeah. Oh, I saw whole, the trailer for it. I saw that on the trailer, but I didn't see um, the movie. It makes you movie. such a big fan of. I mean, Tom Hardy is like he's unbelievable. He's like a South African guy. Like he he has this cadence right. that it seems like he's singing or something when he's talking about. And I know that. No, no, yeah. No, 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 no. Oh my god. He has this like presence that like no one else. Like he, how can you sit there and watch this guy for like? Now, what I was told about this scene from Dunkirk is that it's told out of sequence. Is that true? I don't see that's not the, it's 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 out of context of the movie like I don't really understand a lot of what's going on but there is a scene where there's a dog fight in the air which is the best part of it and it, it the way it's shot is, is is fucking mesmerizing I mean like the it shows there's this one shot where there's the dog like the uh, planes are coming and it's a shot of the review mirror of one of the planes and you hear Tom Hardy like uh, he's like he's behind me and you see the guy fly out behind him the enemy pilot and Tom Hardy's all the way in the back and you hear Tom Hardy say I got him and it shows you the shot of the review and he sees Tom Hardy's plane come in the review and you see you see all three planes lined up in a row from the shot of the review mirror no, of the plane how big is that review it, mirror <laughs> I, it's, I don't know how they do it and it's all it's real all, it's, it's all, all real it's all IMAX dude like yeah. the IMAX magnifies that shot so much because yeah, remember IMAX film is tall mirror, though. 
Well, remember that IMAX film is not long; it's tall. <laughs> tall, yeah. So it makes everything just. So you can see all three planes. You do a close-up shot of like a tire and make it look like it's the size of and a building. And it's a real wow. big. It's a big mirror. <laughs> it's a big ass room. <laughs> it has to be big I mean, in order to because I can only fit like if I look out to, to the side of my car, I can fit like three cars. Yeah. Probably, but planes yeah and it's a real <laughs> shot and it's like something that they actually got and it's just the fact that chris Nolan has like a commitment to do stuff like that and no one else does yeah. i mean because that's that's the reason and that's the reason why i go to the movies man uh, jurassic park to when i go to the movie i go to see an event i want my flo- my jaw to hit the floor inception style the room is spinning you know jurassic <laughs> park when you see the t-rex for the first time like i want to feel like a little kid again when i go to the movies and christopher nolan does that hands down and even in this five minutes he, he does that with what he puts on screen so i'm pumped for, um i also the what you were saying earlier about the the two soldiers carrying the one soldier that's injured mm-hmm I think that's like supposed to be like our first time seeing like from that perspective, like instead of soldiers fighting, it's like soldiers that are just trying to get the hell out of there right. and transport this one guy that's injured. But like there's just explosions around them, mm-hmm. but they're still trying to like carry this guy. Like, you know, it's you funny know. that you yeah, say they that. go across a bridge, you, like, a, or like a like a little walkway with him at one you point. Describe the scene of two soldiers carrying this one guy. I thought it was just like just like beach water just crashing amongst the beach. And they're just walking. And I'm like, oh, okay, nah, that's <laughs> yeah, it's really literally. <laughs> but now no. you said, yeah, there's explosions, I'm like explosions. <laughs> yeah, no, the score, like in the middle of the battlefield, they're they're, they're transporting an oh, injured and, man, and the score the whole time is like it's like a clock, it's like tick 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 tick, like it's like clicking the whole time, and it just like builds a ton of tension. There's even like a part of it. It's uh, in that scene. It's uh, when Christopher Nolan, you know how he intercuts things. Like mm-hmm. there's three things happening at one time that's happening in this five minute scene, and one of them is just like these guys getting on a boat, and um, you don't even know why they're getting on the boat or what they're doing. They're like loading up their boat and then they get on, and then one of the kids who's not supposed to get on the boat with them gets on, and they're like, "What are you doing?" And do you even know where we're going? And it's like, I don't know what the hell is going on, but I'm like where are they going? Like, <laughs> like it's going to be crazy. Like, wherever they're going, it's going to be nuts. And like, he just, with the score and the way he shoots things, it just, I'm, I'm excited, to say the least. All right. When's that movie coming out? That's May too, right? I think, I think that's, that's, that's going to be a, a I think summertime. It's, I think it's May, yeah. He usually does summertime. I know there's a lot of movies coming out. The, the month of May is jam-packed with movies. Mm-hmm. July follows, and then it's just like, it just peters off as we go on. But, I mean, it's just the beginning of the year. We're not going to be seeing some most of these trailers until... No, actually, we're already seeing some of these trailers. Most of the time when I always talk about my anticipated <laughs> for the year, mm-hmm. most of the movies that I ended up seeing that I really love, I never even hear about them until, like, the year starts. And we're, like, in there, and, like, all of a sudden these movies come out in the fall. And I'm like, I never even really heard about this one. Um, I guess because a lot of them are like festival films and then they get wide releases like the next year. Yeah. Um, the movie actually comes out in July. July. In the, oh. in the heat of the summer. Yeah, that's a little I'll late. You, man. I think that's a little late for no, most of his releases. Uh, no. July? Dark Knight Rises came out in July. Really? I don't I remember because we saw the Dark Knight Rises in IMAX. Yeah. Then we went to Universal Studios the next day and it was the hottest fucking yeah. day oh, yeah. and I was like of course we would come in July 
Dog. Of course, we decided to go to the theme parks in July. That's oh. like the worst you know, time. Because you know it's hot and crowded. Yeah. Nolan has this thing with I don't I don't think his movies the caliber of his movies should not be played in the summertime. I'm thinking fall, winter. His movies should be played in fall. I love that Star Wars never, is coming out in winter now. Yeah. I like that. That maybe we get a winter time big thing. Hopefully yeah. it's gonna be a thing. Yeah, but everyone's gonna yeah, get all the fuck the, out all of the way. All the Star Wars movies are coming out in winter. Yeah. Maybe, maybe like they already like made it official. Rogue One was supposed to come out, May. not in the winter, and then they changed this and said, no, 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 do what the Force Awakens did. Mm-hmm. That's what episode, that's the pattern. Episode we're going eight with. was May. It was originally May as well, and they're just starting to move them all, and it's making everyone else scramble. But the reason to- why is because what look at what's coming out in in the summer. You have yeah. like all these Marvel Avengers. And it's owned by Disney, so Disney's like, no, 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 no. Yeah, we're gonna make our money in the summer. That's and Marvel. Make, again, make some more. And then Star Wars <laughs> is gonna be our money in December. The market. I think the only season they don't got is uh, fall. Yeah. The only season they. Don't I love have. how big summer season is getting now. It's like now there's March releases, and yeah. it's like that's the summer. <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. Right, we have episode eight. And then too. Star Wars episode eight. I think yeah. that's. I'm actually disappointed that I didn't see a teaser for it in front of Rogue One. I was really expecting. I, I totally forgot about it. They wanted totally to. They wanted to get out of the way of and not distract from people watching and enjoying Rogue One. I mean, it. We don't. I don't need it. I. I know. I'll watch it if it comes out I'll and I'll, and and I and I really want it. But at the same time, part of me is like, how oh, cool yeah. would it be not to see? anything and go into that theater oh no fuck that not I need knowing to see it now Yo, i gotta i, got I need friends. to see it now i feel like a drug addict and i'm just like i need it I but need wouldn't it. it be so great if you just didn't know and it just came on screen but the thing like, is is, no is that but the thing is is that we know though like what jj abrams like not jj abrams what they did with 10 cloverfield lane was awesome where mm-hmm. it's like they released the trailer like a month before the movie was released right. that was awesome but that was because we didn't know anything about 10 cloverfield lane i didn't right. even know they were making the sequel I didn't even know that that was a thing, but we know. Yeah, I already know Beyonce Benicio Del Toro's in the movie, and he's going to play a bad guy. Yeah, but you don't know what. Uh, but the, but the thing is, is like, I know it, though, and I, I just I need to see it. <laughs> and then the Snoke, like, who the hell is he? What's going on? I hear he's going to be no more CG in this one. Really? Yeah, they're going to make uh, his whole his character is going to be practical now. And then you got... Uh, yeah, and you know, is 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 Kylo Ren gonna fight Luke Skywalker? Because I want to see that. I want to see that. I uh, see and I have so much, so much faith in in Ryan Johnson too. And Ryan Johnson, yeah, he's a great director. This is the same guy that directed Looper. Looper, and one of my favorite, one of my personal favorites, Brick, um, which is based on like uh, noir films. Yeah. Um, it's like a high school kids in yeah, a that, noir uh, situation the dialogue in brick oh it's phenomenal when i first watched it because yeah. i watched it when it came out on dvd mm-hmm. but it was like one of those it was in movie theaters i think i was in high school when it came out and people were constantly talking about it, like yeah you gotta see brick you gotta see brick i'm like ah, fucking watch that movie and then i got the dvd i'm like let me watch it i'm like why are they talking like this i'm like i feel like i'm watching one of these old school movies yeah right that's what like, they're emulating yeah, yeah that was Shit. Yeah, and the, and when you watch, it adds so much rewatchability because the dialogue is so good that like there's so many things that you don't pick up on until like a second or a third watch. Um, that's Rick's one of my favorites. I love this guy, so he can do no wrong in my eyes, which makes me almost nervous, you know, because I'm like I don't want to see him fail, and I want this to be like as good as. Are as you gonna go to Star Wars Celebration? 
Uh, no, it's going to be in Orlando I, this I know, year. I know. I know, but it's going to be nuts, man. And I don't know if I'm... <laughs> They're probably going to show, like, the first teaser trailer, like, exclusively. Yeah, what is that? They, they will, yeah. I don't know. I don't it, know when it starts, it's, but... It's May... It's, isn't it around May? Oh, because of, of May the 4th. Yeah, yeah May, May the 4th, 4th being yeah. with you. So I think we're not going to get a trailer till May. How about oh, that, shut huh? Up. <laughs> Yo, I got friends who say that that's what they're doing, man. They're they're not watching trailers anymore. I try not to, but for big ones, I do. If you don't watch a trailer, you can't you can't be disappointed. I visit YouTube daily just to watch trailers, yeah. but you can't be disappointed if you go watch just a straight up movie. Like, oh, okay, this is coming out in December, and you just go on with your life, do your thing. December comes around, you watch it, you can't be disappointed. Because that's what's one thing I don't like is people are launching that as a criticism of Rogue One. It's like. Oh, well, but they didn't have this thing in, in the trailer that I saw. So when I watch it, it distracted me that it wasn't there. And it's like, well, you that's not their fault. That's not the filmmaker's you know fault. Or, you know what I mean? When, when I started, like, getting into film, I always wanted to do that shit because, you know, they used to make trailers and all the action scenes used to be in the actual trailer that you see in the movie. And mm-hmm. I was like, you know what? I'm going to make a trailer and none of the action scenes are going to be in <laughs> <laughs> so all my so all action that that's in the movie is not gonna be in the trailer. Now I'm realizing that's a bad idea because people just don't like that kind of stuff. People hate it. People hate that. But I think it's kind of cool. But and I, I think mean, it, I if think you say was, something like powerful, like that line about the make 100 men feel like a thousand. That's a powerful ass line. <laughs> and and they got and they got bad lines out of the out of the movie too that were in the trailer, like that really cheesy one that she says. uh May the force be with us. No, 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 no. She says uh, no because that's in the movie. <laughs> uh, she says, uh, "I'm a uh, I rebel." I, I rebel. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's like the worst. It's, it's so on the nose. But they, that's not even in the movie. Hey, you know what? I, f- I really felt that Forrest Whitaker was going to say some type of monologue. Oh, he, he has a great a line. He has great lines that are not in the movie yeah. when he talks <laughs> about like what, like um, fight the, for the fight for the galaxy or something like no, that. No, no. He says in the trailer. He says. Um, if you continue to fight, what will you become? But oh, yeah. he doesn't say that in the movie, and I'm like, oh, that's such a great. That's one of the best lines in the trailer, and he doesn't even say it in the movie. They must have just cut it just for the trailer. They must have cut. He just has the one where he's like, "Keep the rebellion yes. alive." <laughs> I think, or maybe they just they made the trailer too early. No, I think, and then they had to reshoot the movie, recut I think it. That's what it is. But they had already made the trailer, so it was like, ah, just release it. Yeah, I think it. that's what it, I think. All those scenes were gonna be and there. Was I think there was probably a whole thing backstory with him and the father and something that was in the movie that they completely took out. So what's what? What do, what do you guys think? What do you think they're gonna release this uh, director's cut? Of the stuff that was in the trailer, when do you guys think they're going to release that? I I don't think it's going to happen. You guys do. I don't think I don't I think, think Disney will do it. I think I think I, most companies. The Force Awakens had a lot of good deleted scenes that they threw in there That's that true. were important. They might throw they might throw in de- as deleted scenes. I don't know if they will chop it all together and make an actual cut of the oh, film. Oh no no, that I don't think is okay. going to happen. Like like happen? Batman vs Superman did no, an extended. Oh, no no no, that's I, not I don't what think I meant. Disney would do that. No, I don't. That's not what I meant. I meant like. They're gonna, cause like Christopher Nolan, he does not release deleted scenes. Mm-hmm. He refuses to right. do that. They'll add a two or three in the Blu-ray, but like, dude, there's footage of the Dark Knight of the Joker that never made it, and I read about it. And like, they there's photography, there's photos of right. Heath Ledger doing these scenes, and you're like, fuck, I really want to see those scenes, but, but he, he refuses him. to release it. You know what? That's that's why Christopher Nolan reminds me of. Um, 
Vince Lombardi, man. <laughs> Hear me out. <laughs> no, last time he said that, he brought it back around. <laughs> Hear me out, because Vince Lombardi, right? He was uh, he's a, a coach for uh, for the Green Bay Packers. Mm-hmm. I mean, they fucking named the trophy after him. Mm-hmm. The reason why he reminds me of uh, Vince Lombardi is because Vince Lombardi was always wearing like a suit every time he goes out. If he's yo practice full suit hat everything suited up, I'm talking about a three thousand dollar suit. He had like a playbook that he never wanted anybody to see. He was the only person who saw it. He would give a player just their one fucking play, like yo, this is what you're doing. You you you're blocking this guy. Boom. So it was like yo, you had to be synced up. That's how you sync up. The fact that you know what you're doing, you're doing your job. If you're not doing your job, you're hitting on the bench. Somebody else. Is taking your spot, kind of shit. So that's why he reminds me of like Christopher Nolan reminds me of him because remember uh, there was that whole thing about Christopher Nolan only gives people just your dialogue, kind of shit. And oh, yeah. when it's time to do the table read, that's when you get to realize what the other person's about to say to you, kind mm. of shit. And I'm like, God damn, why the fuck would you do something like that? It just seems like on the outside looking in, it's a train wreck. Mm-hmm. It's a train wreck. But I can see like once you're at the table, you just. You read with him like, oh shit, this shit is playing out. This shit is really playing out, and it's playing out well. And that's why I'm like, yo, he reminds me of Vince Lombardi in that way, man. I can see. I know he hasn't won an Oscar yet, but there might be a there might be a Christopher Nolan trophy coming up, man. <laughs> if he passes away for some reason, I think reason, this is this is a good opportunity because the Oscar typically responds to uh, war, war, movies. war movies and uh, real life events. So I think uh, this might be a good play for him to actually earn. I think he has. I mean, maybe def- that maybe this is his attempt. Maybe he pur- purposefully chose to do this <laughs> just so he could be like, "Fucking, just give me the trophy already, man." man. You want me to make it, a war movie? Fuck it, I'll I make a war movie. It, I, I don't think he cares that much, but they should give retroactive Oscars because fuck, oh. what, what even won in two thousand eight? What won? What won Best Picture in two thousand eight? Because I know it wasn't more important. And uh, and better than the Dark Knight. I mean, uh, that movie two, in two thousand eight. When everyone, someone talks about two thousand eight, they're gonna talk about the Dark Knight. When I don't care Oscars what it won. That's what we should do. We should do retroactive. Uh, po- uh what you call it? Oscars. When yeah. Oscars. Oh, that'll be cool. That's so a then cool we just do nothing yeah. but who who deserves it and why. Right. Slumdog Millionaire, which is a good movie. Was it? But who's in 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 twenty years? Is anyone gonna be talking about Slumdog Maybe Millionaire in two thousand eight? Maybe some Indian people. I'm not trying to be racist. No. people might say that. What I just no, said I mean, was, but Slum, yeah. Slumdog is a good movie. Yeah, it, it was. It's a really good movie. But it come was. on, Dark <laughs> Dark Knight is right. Yeah. Dark Dark Knight is gonna be the thing people talk about, and Heath Ledger's performance in that movie for Dude, decades. They don't understand centuries. what Christopher Nolan did with. With the Batman, I love franchise. how now we're just talking about 2008. Oh, no, shit. no, because yeah. yo, with our with our uh, 2017 predictions, because <laughs> you don't understand what he did with the Dark Knight with Batman. He took a child's toy and turned it to like serious this masterpiece. Yeah, this masterpiece that's yeah. like yo, you you just turned it to a collector's edition, man. man. <laughs> that's what you just did with this thing. It's no longer a child's toy anymore, man. If you see a kid with it, you're like you know what you got there, man. You know what you got there? You got yourself a goddamn classic. That's what he did with it. And now everybody's trying to kind of do a movie just like him, but it's like a one-off shoot kind of thing. Like, oh, we got to make it serious. We got to make it dark. But we still got to make it kind of a 
campy in the way kind of thing. Like Suicide Squad. <laughs> Some people call it Sucio Squad, man. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Uh, catch y'all people later. Um, this oh, was Kev. Fuck it. This has been Pat. Scott. <laughs> and uh, RIP to everybody who's died in 2016. <laughs> Carrie Fisher. Your mom's and um, Will Smith's dad. Will Smith's dad, and like eighteen other actors that we just can't think of right now. Muhammad Ali. Muhammad Ali died. Can you believe the that? The dude from uh, who sang that song? <laughs> what you call it? Uh, Careless Whispers. Oh, George Michael. George Michael and the other guy. What's that? David uh, Bowie. David Prince. Bowie. Prince. What's that other guy who's in a uh, set adrift on memories? P.F. Dawn died earlier this year too. Who? P.F. Don. Okay, I'm gonna pretend I know who that is. <laughs> you know, yo, if, if I play the song, you know who I'm talking about. Ha 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 ha. Oh, wait, you're talking about the actor? No, no, the singer. Ha 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 ha. The the guy who remakes that song, he turned into a hip hop song. Nah, I don't know who that is. P.F. Don. If you look okay. up P.F. Not P.F. Doom. P.F. Don. Well, you know, every hey, time you say that name, I think of P.F. Chang's. Yeah, all right. RIP to everybody who passed away. And um, to the people who think that it's going to stop in 2017, you got another thing coming because uh, we still got Betty White who's like pushing <laughs> 90 something. Stan Lee just turned 94. <laughs> oh, I tell shit. you, man, they're pushing. They're pushing those numbers. Shit. But. Uh, <laughs> You know what? This town needs an enemy. And we're out. Welcome to the outro, everyone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Completely different from our intro. Uh, this is Shoot by Saw and Peppa. This song was featured in the film Deadpool. This was, I think, probably one of the best ways to start the movie off because it set the tone of what we're going to get into. So what do you guys think about the episode? I thought it was pretty good. We forgot to talk TV. Yeah, we covered a lot, but we didn't cover TV. We didn't cover Stranger Things. I think one of my favorite shows of 2016. Uh, what else? Westworld, Black West Mirror. World. Westworld. Uh, this the night of. The night of. The night yes. of. The night of was great. Yeah. The night of. Um, I don't watch Game of Thrones, but I heard the season was pretty dope. Game of Thrones was good. Yeah. Had the season really good, of uh, The Walking Dead. Season. The season of The Walking Dead. I just caught up to it last weekend. And yo, this season was dope. <laughs> this season was real good. Um, I like where they're going with it. I think this is like the best villain they've had. Mm-hmm. I think this is one of the best villains in like TV period. In TV yeah. period right now, because he's like he's basically like an embodiment of the Joker. He's a sociopath with a smile. He just makes me think that he's hot. Because. He's wearing a leather jacket and he has an ascot. Oh, that kind of. <laughs> and I'm like, yo, you're fucking hot, man. Because <laughs> I'm just out just looking at him, man. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. But he's a cool ass uh, character, man. And I like the whole thing, his uh, his dialogue with him and uh, Carl. The whole thing with him and so Carl. So, what do you guys think was the best TV show of 2016? I think 
just as far as the fact that it was an introduction to the show, I think Westworld, the most successful. Most shows, when they have their first season, you're like, kind of into it, I'll keep going. Um, Westworld, I thought, really, like, knocked it out of the park. Like, the first three or four seasons, I was really invested in that. So, uh, I think, for me, it's Westworld. Um, I've been watching a lot of TV shows. Um, I'm gonna have to say the night of. Is it between the night of and um, I've been watching the show that's on Hulu called uh, Shut Eye. I've been watching that whole season. I'm liking both of those. <coughs> I think this was like the year of nostalgia. All these like reboots and remakes and Stranger Things. Stranger Things, man. So Stranger Things was just. Everything that we loved Great, from yeah. from our childhood, you know, it was the Goonies meets ET meets Close Encounters meets the I mean, Lost Boys the meets itself. just the soundtrack itself is ridiculous. How many remixes of that uh, of that song have you heard? Like people uh, doing it on I heard heavy metal versions, I heard hip hop versions of it. I've heard a lot of versions of just that uh, the theme song to Stranger Things. Yeah. Theme song to Westworld is great too. Yes. That's another great. But those kids song. on Stranger Things, man, are all over the place now. Man. Yeah. All except except the one who got kidnapped. The girl. The no the one who got kidnapped. Oh, the main kid. Because main kid. Stranger Things, if you really think about it, just like I said before, it's nothing but uh, a kid's version of uh, uh, Hangover. <laughs> I like that. Because the main character is like he only shows up in the beginning and yep. in the end. And who's the one who's doing all the interviews and stuff on uh, Jimmy Fallon and stuff? It's not the one who got kidnapped. It's the one who was doing the rescuing. Those three kids. Not the one who got kidnapped. And I feel bad for that kid. <laughs> I feel really, really bad for him. Oh, I think in the next season they're gonna focus a little bit because he's back. So yeah, oh, he's so back and he's weirder than ever. Too? Have you seen oh, Hangover yeah. Two? Yeah. They just that kidnapped again. Back. Yeah, he was back. He's, and, he's gonna get kidnapped again. <laughs> he's gonna get kidnapped again. He's gonna be on the phone. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That's what's gonna happen. Yeah, I'm to interested him. to see what where they go next with that uh, with that story because it was very, you know, it was just amalgamation of all these '80s things. So to see if maybe they can kind of branch off from that a little bit and start to even more become a new thing um be interested to see that uh, to get all because that's the reason they got their big audiences because it was that um kind of like the force awakens like we were talking about um and then maybe they can branch off from that a little bit more in season two get away from that what do you guys think uh dc should do to catch up with marvel <laughs> They should scrap everything and just give it two years. They need a two-year gap of just writing scripts and figuring it out. Because uh, Suicide Squad, even though I'm not saying that it's a bad movie, I found out that it only took um, a month and a half to write or two months to write. And, oh, man, no movie should take you a month and a half to write. A little more time in the oven. Mm, you need a lot more. I mean, um... Kill Bill, it took Quentin Tarantino seven years. No, no. Yeah, was it seven years? It was, some, it was long. Yeah, it took him long. like seven years to write. And I'm like, yeah, that's dope. He, he It took his ass a long time to write, um, what's the name of uh, Inglorious Bastards. Even though it was like a remake or something, it took him a long time to write those, uh, that script too. So, it what time you do to make wonders? I think they should burn it all. Burn it all to the ground, man. They need to get rid of Snyder. 
But uh, I do like Affleck as uh, Batman. Batman. Yeah, that's the best. And I do look forward to his independent film um, because I don't think that they'll be able to push him around at the studio the same way they will other people. I think he's uh, pretty established as a director and an actor. Solid as a director. The fact about that whole thing about Armageddon and the whole thing where he was where he had an argument with uh, Michael Michael Bay. Dad knows that yo he knows what bullshit is and that right there was bullshit. Mm-hmm. So he's not gonna do it in this movie. Do you think they're gonna do the whole cheap marketing of from the director of Argo and uh, the town? Because Batman is bigger than Ben Affleck, man. Okay. Yeah. Batman is way bigger than Ben Affleck. Yeah. It almost disappoints me that they <laughs> rebooted Batman so fast though too. Uh, just right off of Christopher Nolan's Batman's, but they're so different in terms of like how they operate, and they, they're in completely different worlds. Mm-hmm. Um, so Do you it's think not Ben Affleck's bad. Batman can uh, whoop? Oh, for sure, Ben, Ad- ben Affleck's Batman's like uh, Ben Affleck's super Batman straight. will actually kill Christian Bale. Yeah, yeah, you don't think yeah. Christian Bale will kill uh, Ben Affleck. Christian Bale can't kill. Yeah, he Ben Affleck's kill. Batman would just pull out a gun. He killed. He killed uh, Ray Shagul. He didn't save him. That's he what didn't it was. save him. There's a Dude, difference, man. Killing. There's a difference. This bat, this Batman will just will take a man and <laughs> punch his head through the wall and explode it. Yeah, Christian Bale wouldn't do that. <laughs> Christian Bale. Different. He wouldn't save him. I think he'll he'll. Ben Affleck's him. Batman has a gun, and what's Christian Bale's number one rule in the uh, Christopher Nolan trilogy? No guns. He does. He has something. The grappling. The hook. grappling hook, but it's it not a gun. Like Batman doesn't have a gun. Batman has a gun and he shoots it. It shoots tear gas. It's a grenade. Grenade gun. It's a grenade launcher. It's a a kryptonite grenade launcher. As a grenade, he uses it as a tear gas of kryptonite in it. He's got the hot iron. I don't think Christian Bale would. You can't kill somebody with a hot iron. No, you can, but I don't think I can't see Christian Bale doing that. There's no Ben Affleck's Batman will kick the shit out of Christian Bale. Christian Bale Batman has killed people, man. Dude, remember? um, (laughs) He didn't even in Batman Begins. There was a scene when he's being trained under Ra's al Ghul that they were going to get that prisoner and I think they were going to brand him. No, they no, were going to brand Dad him. told him to kill him. No, yeah, they were gonna, they told him to kill him and he was a criminal. And but he did he not, not blow up that, uh, he was a, that church? He was, I think he was a rapist. Did he not blow up the, the, uh, the temple? Yeah. Did you not see bodies fall <laughs> from that temple? Was it on solid ground? Was it on grass that they were falling from? Or were they falling from the side of a he mountain? He definitely killed somebody. You know what? But you can't go. He's Christopher Nolan's guys, movies. He's one of those guys that, oh, if I don't see you dying, it never happened. That's what he is. That's the Joker killed his girl, and after throwing off of the throwing him off of the building, still caught him with the grappling hook because he couldn't do it. But was the Joker in the next Batman movie? He probably dropped him. <laughs> Who saved him? Who saved the Joker? The SWAT he probably, team. If he didn't see it, it didn't happen. SWAT, the SWAT team comes up to him. Remember, that's the last the last thing you see about of him is him laughing while the SWAT team points their flashlights at him. And how they gonna get him down? That's what they're saying. Yeah, how are we gonna get him down? How we gonna get this guy down? <laughs> how we gonna get this Fuck guy it, down? just cut it. Just, just cut, cut it. it. We'll say Batman did it. <laughs> and he killed Two Face too. He didn't kill him. He killed him, dude. He, he kind of killed Two Face. He kind of killed Two Face. He knocked him off of the building. I know. <laughs> So that's that's one kill. So I mean, but you think Christian Bale would kill Bat- Ben Affleck's Batman? If nah. they had to, if it was one on one, nah, because uh, Ben Affleck's Batman, his moves are lethal. I mean, the whole thing about the grappling hook that was attached to that big ass box. You didn't see his cr- his uh, CrossFit training. 
Yo, CrossFit is serious, man. Yeah, ben Affleck's Batman looks like he's on steroids. Like, serious. Christian Bale looks like like a fit guy. Like he, he, looks he's, he's, he looks in shape. Like, if you, th- if you look at the both training sequences... <laughs> Christian Bale's training was uh, push-ups. Well, no, no, no. Remember yeah. that scene where he's like, it's like a bunch of soldiers, and it's like, who did it? Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> and he's like looking. He's like, they're going around looking for him, type of thing. Like it's like it's more mysterious. You know, it's like duck, duck, goose. It's Meanwhile, freaking uh, Ben Affleck is like lifting giant monster and, truck tires. And on top of that, you got to go with the Alfreds. Batman, uh, Ben Affleck's Alfred is more helpful than uh, Christian Bale's Alfred. Yes, but I I liked the Michael Caine. I liked Christian Bale's Alfred though. Even you don't though like the other one that helps out, I, I like the fact that that Alfred was more of like an engineer type. But I like the fact that Christian Bale was more of a butler, but he okay. had Morgan Freeman as his engineer. With without Michael, you Caine. know what? Because it makes more sense. It makes more sense that he has a guy who was in charge of the science department of his father's company to be doing his gadgets. Where the hell did Ben Affleck's guy learn all that shit? <laughs> Michael, Where did he learn all that Michael shit? Michael Caine was a spiritual help for Batman. Yeah. And he would have died in the first one because he would have let that big piece of wood just sit on him had, had Michael Caine not came up to him and motivate him and told him, come on, why'd you do all those push-ups? <laughs> that, that wasn't motivation. That was more like, really? Come on, pussy. <laughs> yeah. Like, What was the point of all those push-ups? You can't even lift the bloody log. That, those were his exact words. Right. And it, Christian Bale might have just sat there and died without it. So Christian Bale has no chance. Not oh, even with no. two days prep. No, uh, maybe with some preparation. I but think. Then, I think. But they're if, both Batman, so they're both prepping. <laughs> they're both prepping. If they had gadgets, I think Christian Bale would probably win because Christian Bale, I think his gadgets were a little bit more advanced. That's fair. Maybe because he had like the sticky gun. He had the uh, the X eyeliner. Not, not, not. <laughs> Wait a minute. Yeah, uh, flutter. They both have the, eyeliner. The freaking uh, sonar radar With thing. Cell phone? He oh. had. But wait a minute. Bunch of shit. But he destroyed that. We saw Ben Affleck's Batman move in a way that I've never seen a human move before when the shotguns were shooting at him in the beginning awesome of the saying. movie. There's no, there's no chance. Christian <laughs> Bale's a, a real person. Ben Affleck's is like that superhuman. Maneuver, yeah, those maneuvers that he was doing on that wall. I try to recreate it and it doesn't work. <laughs> it cannot happen. You tried it in your bedroom? Yeah, with the bed sheet. Because I'm like, oh, maybe I need cape to balance me out. So this is work. This was a good talk about TV shows. <laughs> oh, we can ask Adam West, Batman, if we were to throw him Adam in the mix. Adam West. If Ben Affleck punched Adam West, Batman, he would cave in his chest. Okay, if it was Ben Affleck versus Christian Bale versus George Clooney versus Val Kilmer versus Michael Keaton versus Adam Michael West. Michael Keaton's crazy. I don't know. I don't want to fuck with Michael Keaton. Yeah. Want to get nuts? Want to get nuts? <laughs> let's Come get on, nuts. let's get nuts. <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah. Um, well, can't give it. Well, he's killed people. Mm. Michael Keaton's Batman would just yeah. kill you just by his, uh, That's true. his bat plane. He would just go in there just... Although he wouldn't miss every shot, though. <laughs> he would. He would miss the important people. But he has killed a lot of people in this movie, so... Yeah. But movies, but TV shows. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good TV shows out there. There's a, this year there was a lot of. It's still a, it's a banner year for TV shows out there. Um, is there something new that I haven't seen yet on TV shows? Oh, there's this show that the OA that people oh, were yeah. talking about. The Netflix. Uh-huh. Uh, Have you watched that? I, I haven't watched it. 
I'm not a fan. I watched another show on Netflix called Bloodline. It's about uh, oh, I've been fam- wanting to watch that. Family yeah. and the Keys. Yeah, one more season. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One more season Sad. left. And you were mentioning something about the guy in Walking Dead who wears the uh, jacket and looks yeah. hot. Uh-huh. And Bloodline, every single scene, they're sweating <laughs> because they're in the Keys. So, like, it makes me think about, like, behind-the-scenes production. Like, before oh every God. scene, they have to, like, like Ouija everyone up, like, spray And it's basically, it's, it's like water mixed with, like, a little bit of baby it's lotion. It's, like, oily, yeah. Because you got to make it glisten. Yeah. Because water doesn't really and glisten. And ev- like everyone that. just looks sweaty all the time. Oh, and it, my God. It's so gross, Dude. but it's perfect for the keys. You know what show makes me think that shit? You ever saw The Heat of the Night? <laughs> the theme song of The Heat of the Night... I don't care what cold environment I'm in, I just get like sweat. Just like I'm like, oh my god, because the look of it, the look of the TV show is like the dude's wearing a full blown white suit, looking like Colonel Sanders, and it's like, yo, and he's in Alabama, hot. yeah, and it's like, Ugh. I know you're hot, I know you're hot. Like my armpits are getting sweaty just for looking at. And you. every time there's like a courtroom scene, you see the witnesses in the courtroom with the fans. Oh. And they're just huh. dude. It's, there's certain movies that are or TV shows that are out there just like, yeah. You just making. I live in Florida already, and you just making things hotter for me, just because of that kind of stuff. That's pretty much Bloodline. <laughs> Is that show good? It's good. I, I like it. I mean, it's not. I don't think it's for everyone. It's, a, it's a, like a family drama. There's like oh. not a lot of like action or excitement to it, but um, it's pretty good. I, especially the first season. Uh, really good. Ben Mendelsohn. Uh, bad guy from uh, Rogue One is in it and Ben Mendelsohn is amazing in yeah, that show he's great he's, he's in worth anything it, yeah. he does I was trying to get into he looks that, dirty um, always trying to get into that show called Shameless and I watched the first episode and I backed out and now I'm out yeah I watched like a <laughs> I season of of before, I, before I stopped watching it's over the, uh, yeah, not for me yeah I was like yeah a lot of sex in it though yeah a lot of sex so is uh, what you call it Game of Thrones yeah a lot of sex. Not in this season. What, what season did I, did I try to catch up to? The zombie attack. That's where I try to walk. That's that's the I watched that whole. That's the only episode that I watched fully. Is when uh, they were holding up the wall. But that was like last season, wasn't it? I think that was like two seasons ago. I have to admit that sh- that episode right there. Just the 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 mm-hmm. tail end of it when you see that uh, all those bodies. The guy just raises his hand and they all just stand up. That was the coolest shit. If if uh, the rest of the TV show was like that, I'd probably watch it. But other than that, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I'm not a fan of Game of Thrones. Too much dragons. All right. So if we played the song like eight times, four-hour podcast. Yeah, that's exactly. It's like a Joe Rogan over here. <laughs> oh, but uh. <laughs> No marijuana. But okay, everybody. Happy New Year. Yes. We will see you in 2017. Mm-hmm. We got a lot more reviews and a lot more banter for you guys. Yeah. And stay tuned for the... We're still going to do that. Disney oh, Christmas yes. Episode. So this is the thing. The reason why we've been pushing this back is Beauty and the Beast doesn't come out till February. So I didn't want to do it too early. So I'm thinking maybe January before the movie comes out, we're going to do a Disney Princess episode. We're gonna dress up like the Disney princesses, and we're gonna video it. We're gonna. This is, this is gonna be. Should we do like a Facebook Live type of thing? Yeah, we could do that. Okay. I gotta find a red wig because um, my Disney princess is brave. The only lesbian in the bunch. <laughs> I don't know if she's. A really I think she's lesbian. I've oh, never hey, seen the show. real quick. 
really liked Moana. Oh, you like you I, saw it? Yeah, I liked it a lot. I thought an overrated movie this year, Finding Dory, because there were a bunch of better animated movies to me this year. Yeah. I liked Moana Zootopia. and Zootopia and Kubo and the Two Strings. I liked all those better than uh, Finding Dory. So Pixar, you fucked up this year. Yeah, I've never seen that uh, Kumar and the Two Strings, but... <laughs> Cool. I know for I know for a fact I've seen the behind the scenes of it and the fact that it was like they show like the stop, stop motion, motion yeah. of the person doing that shit I was like yeah man they should win like an Oscar or something <laughs> just for that shit because yeah. I was like yo that's a lot of that's tedious as fuck. it's really good yeah you should watch it yeah. alright on that note again mm-hmm. happy new year Coming this way. Ooh. Yes, and the B wanna get with me. Uh.